The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Punishment for anything? No consequence for any action. Is that where we're at? I mean, I've always kind of known that's what progressives are about. I mean, there's just no consequences, especially if you're one of those progressives. There's consequences for other people. But are we there now? Are Is that actually what they're saying, that there are no consequences to your actions? Because, Chris, if you murder somebody, you should expect that you will be punished, and that punishment comes with it yeah what is the punishment that comes with it at least some jail time, jail time and you might actually penalty. get the death penalty right yeah if you rob a bank you should expect the punishment will be you don't keep the money and you go to jail you go to jail right i mean these are standard understandings yes cause and effect and there are uh, reactions to your actions and consequences and punishment that come with violating the law mm-hmm. it seems pretty simple so if you don't want to be separated from your family, if you don't want to be separated, then don't do something that will separate you from your family, like get on a bus and leave them, um, go in the military, take a job somewhere else. These things lead to you separating from your family <laughs> or don't invade a country illegally. That could separate you from your family. Yes. Just saying. Why is this so difficult? Well, it's not actually that difficult. The waters are being muddied once again. This isn't about families being separated right now. In fact, I couldn't figure out over the last couple of days why this is such a big deal. What's new? What's what's the problem? Well, it's not really new. It's just this is the latest attempt to play on people's sympathies, make Donald Trump look bad, and to say, open borders, come here, whoever you are, from the progressives. That's it. Of course, you wouldn't know that to listen to the usual suspects. Here's a clip from MSNBC. Now, here's the funny thing. You're going to hear a panel of talking heads, the women's, all sensitive and wringing their hands about Donald Trump is evil. But there is one lone male voice on this panel the voice of Michael Steele, former head of the RNC. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking maybe he set the record straight? No, 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 no. It, it is not the law to separate, and this right. is an important fact check. Yeah. It is not the law to separate parents and children at the border. That is not the law. It is their interpretation of the law. We are, or, or used to be, America's greatest democracy. We can't find a solution to this problem. Hold it there. We used to be, Chris. America's greatest democracy. We used to be Doc Thompson. Who's the we there? The Us? MSNBC? No, she's saying everybody here in the United States. We used to be the greatest democracy. Americans used to be the greatest. We used to be America's the greatest. America's greatest democracy. Yes, yes, yes. America used to be America's greatest democracy. America democ- used to be America. Yes, yes. So Russia was not America's greatest democracy. No, 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 no. no. America was. Did she mean the world? I think she did. You think yeah. she did? She all hopped up there a little bit? Here we go. 
policy. We can't find a solution to this problem without harming children, right. without and, putting and them I, into concentration camps. And I would even say, Stephanie, to that point. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. We can't do this without hurting children? How are you hurting the kids? Well, dog, you separate them from the family. Um, okay, that's probably not good. I prefer children to be with their families. I prefer... Uh, you know, them to raise them. I don't even want that responsibility. I don't want the American government to have the responsibility. But she would have you believe that there is a greater hurt or problems after that. Mm. And again, the parents brought them to the U.S. It's it's not like Donald Trump said to INS, listen, you're the most tremendous INS of any INSers out there. You're America's greatest democracy, you INSers. I want you to go across the border and abduct children. Bring them over. Bring yeah. them over here so we can separate them from families. It'll be the most tremendous abductions ever. We're not abducting children. We didn't send raiders into foreign countries saying, we're going to take them back. The parents sent the children here. And have been sending the children here for years, often unaccompanied. Do you remember the term unaccompanied minor? Yes. Now it's asylum seeker and separating families. Mm. Nobody's talking about the unaccompanied minors. Tens of thousands a year. I think at the high watermark, we were over at 50,000 a year during the Obama administration. Wow. Of unaccompanied minors. Mm -hmm. Not minors coming with their parents. Kids just through the desert. How did they get there? Because their parents sent them there. And the rest of them, the parents took there. We did not steal these children. Parents forced this. If you murder somebody, expect to be murdered or put in jail. Pretty simple concept. Yes. The parents did this. I would even say, Stephanie, to that point, it's not even an interpretation of the law. It is a policy. It's a new policy. It is a, a policy that has been invoked by the president of the United That's States right. and dictated to his attorney general who goes out and quotes the Bible. By the way, a passage that was used to justify slavery uh, in this country to, to justify encamping children. I call this a concentration camp for kids because that's exactly <laughs> A concentration camp for kids. You are such an idiot. Doc Thompson. Take your main in Google. Just uh, this is what I'm suggesting Michael Steele do. Take his, his little computer and mm -hmm. Google concentration. Google. Eh, Google concentration camp and just look at the pictures. Yes, yes. Let's see what comes it, up. Or you know, or maybe, you know, you could come down. We still have the, the museum up. You uh -huh. know, right in the middle, we have mm -hmm. a Nazi, uh, uh, a bunch of stuff, and a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff from concentra concentration camps. Uh. Pictures. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, that's not what I'm seeing on TV, Doc Thompson. No. I'm not seeing people with you know purple uh, triangles, the mm -hmm. badge of mm -hmm. shame. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing uh, people being escorted into an oven. Yeah. Okay. So when I uh, is Google concentration camps there, and you go to images. Which one? Uh, you know, there is nothing. Uh, the the okay. first uh, five dozen images are all even in black and white. Hmm. The ones that are not in black and white are modern pictures modern. of Auschwitz. Those hmm. are concentration camps. People being starved, systemic, uh, systematically uh, tortured and executed. I'm seeing a lot of dead people. Yeah, whole lots of that stacked up like cordwood. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is outrageous that you would use this term, and there's only one reason to use this term. And that is to try to pin it on Donald Trump, to try to make him look bad. Do you think you're actually helping? For the people out there that support this, 
because they know we have an immigration problem and an illegal problem in America. Do you think you're going to win them over? Do you think they're going to go, oh my gosh, Michael Steele, thank you for saying this. I had no idea. My heart has now changed and I will now stand with you and say this policy must go. No. They know you're being sensational. They hate you more and you've just had them dig their heels in even more. That's it. That's what you're doing here. You're not accomplishing anything except being douchey. A little bit more from Michael Steele and the rest of the crew from MSNBC. It's because that's exactly what it's turning out to. When you give kids 22 hours of lockup time and two hours of, of airtime, what else can right. it be? And if this is where this country is going, the American people need to wake up and pay attention because your kids could be next. Right. Oh. Uh, yeah, your kids could be next, American people. Oh, wow. That's a big leap, Doc Thompson. Well, those of us that grew up on uh, the border of a state. I mean, okay. I grew up by uh, county northeastern Ohio there, right on the uh, border with Pennsylvania. Canada? Sometimes. Oh, no, one. just sometimes we would go over to, to do some shopping in PA. Oh, I remember. You and just... sometimes, as minors, we would go by ourselves. Oh, You, you never get... know. We go over that border. They start locking us up. Did you get picked up? Never, never. I mean, Michael Steele knows that that could happen. <laughs> yes. It's only yes. a matter of time if they do this for people invading America yeah. before your children could be locked up, just taken away from you. Yeah, they didn't care so much about the uh, big government reach policies of the past. No. Within no. The, the U.S. that they've done to American people. IRS targeting, things like this, they didn't care about that. But now they're very concerned. Joe Scarborough said, I feel pity for Trump stooges who lack the character to oppose his heartless policy that rips babies from their mother's arms and sends children to showers and then disappears and then disappear. Wow. This is not new. This spectacle is not new. This has been going on forever. It's not new that illegals invade. It's not new that many presidents and many congresses have failed to do what they were supposed to do because of politics. They wanted to get reelected. So they tried to craft an image that they were sensitive while still trying to tell others that we're protecting the border. They didn't either. They're not sensitive, nor are they protecting their border. They're only sensitive to getting reelected and protecting their own bank account and fiefdom. That's it. This has been going on for many, many presidents, many, many congresses, many, many years. It's not new that people invade. It's not new that the illegal invaders are arrested at times. At times they are handcuffed. At times they are jailed. They're prosecuted. And at times they are separated from their children. The policy they're talking about is a little bit new. Title 8 of the U.S. Code has two sections in it, Section 1325 and Section 1326, that specifically deal with illegals. 1325 makes illegal entry into the U.S. a misdemeanor and carries with it a six-month jail sentence. Yes, you can get six months as a misdemeanor for invading American. I, had a, I think that ought to be a felony at this point, but that's okay. 1326 does make it a felony if you have entered illegally for a second time. Illegal re-entry is a felony, and it carries with it a minimum of two years. Jail time. That's not new. 
Nor is it new that uh, people get arrested and separated from their families. It is a little bit new in that last month, Jeff Sessions announced part of Trump's uh, new plan. And this is a zero tolerance policy, which makes no exceptions and charges all adults in federal court before they go to immigration court, including parents. Shouldn't they all be charged? Yeah. It's like saying, well, now we're making no exceptions. It's going to be a zero tolerance policy for murder. We're now going to charge everybody. So you weren't charging everybody in the past. No, they weren't. In fact, they often gave a pass to parents. They would just turn them away, ship them out, whatever. They wouldn't charge them. Here's the thing. If you don't charge them and they come back in the country or they try again, well, that's not re-entry. That's just entry. And there's Misdemeanor. no record. There's no right. Exactly. So they would just turn them away, kick them out. They wouldn't take all the information down. But now they say they're actually going to charge them. That's the only difference. So why are children being separated? Well, when adults are taken to court, they're separated from their kids who are sent to shelters because they cannot take children to adult prisons or detention centers. We do not allow that because what happens to children in detention centers? They're taken advantage of. I mean, heck, half the adults are as well. But don't think, hey, just because mom and dad are in the prison with them in the adult detention center, they're not going to be abused. Help mom and dad are going to get slapped around. That's what happens in prison. And it is the fault of the parents for bringing them here. I know why in many cases they do, but it is still their responsibility, not ours. So what would happen over the years is, Illegals would use the being a parent as a shield. And even if they didn't know, they were still given that pass. So finally, now they're saying, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And they're doing that primarily to deter people from coming here. It obviously hasn't deterred them that, hey, we may arrest you. That hasn't deterred them. You know how many people? Look at uh, the Kate Steinle's killer. He came back into the country eight times, I think it was. Yeah, They come in over and over and over again. It's not deterring them when they are put in jail. The allure of a better opportunity in America and easy money. And yes, easy money because they do get free stuff all over the place is too great. But if you start telling people, yeah, we may take your kids away. Yeah, that's going to deter them. According to a DHS, they said there is a straight cause and effect with this. The number of unaccompanied minors and families has grown dramatically over the last few years because of not prosecuting family members. It's a clear line, cause and effect. That's why we have to do this. It sounds pretty simple. And all you have to do is replace those little water stations in the border and little first aid centers that are all throughout the desert that help people migrate with signs that say, if you come here, not only will you be arrested, your children will be separated from you. Maybe you go ahead and let Mexico know. Maybe they could promote that. Maybe put up little signs along that, uh, the train route they take. Remember the caravan that was coming here? How about you let them know? I'm not insensitive to this. This would be horrible as a parent. 
I don't like it when TSA separates families when they take the kid over and give them a separate pat down. They're not bitching about that. I don't even like that. But if you don't like it, don't come here. Now, there are many that have tried to blur the line and say, asylum seeker. See, as soon as they announced this policy and they started separating families because those parents brought the kids here illegally, as soon as they did that, the progressives had to react and say, that's just insensitive. How to, and no one was listening because they know it's cause and effect. Don't come here. If you don't want to go to jail, don't commit crimes. It's pretty simple. But they couldn't say that. They had no defense. So they had to start the asylum seeker. Asylum, they're they're seeking asylum. No, when you hear that, most of these people are not asylum seekers. These are not people saying, you know what, um, I'm defecting from another country. I have a horrible situation. They they may claim they have these horrible situations, that they're being uh, persecuted for their religious beliefs or their race or something else. But in most cases, they just want a better way of life and their home country is not as pleasant as ours. But you could say that with how many countries around the globe? Asylum seekers, when they, cl- when they throw out that term, that is a BS bogus term that is being thrown out to derail you when you say accountability. Don't bring your children here. Most of the cases that we're talking about are simply illegals. They're not asylum seekers. All right, get your tweets in. Let us know what you think about this, uh, your thoughts. We'll also take some calls. We haven't taken calls in a while. 888-900-3393. We'll go ahead and open up the phone lines. 888-900-3393. 900 if you got any comments. You got it? All right, I think I got it. Quick break back with more on this, The Morning Blaze. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Thompson. I was trying to find the tweet that I had over the weekend. Somebody uh, tweeted out, I want to say it was the somebody from the Obama administration. I can't remember what position. Um, darn it. Anyways, he tweeted out this criticism and again compared it to concentration camps. Yes. Uh, the interesting thing, the picture he included. <laughs> did you see? No, but it was not from this year. Oh, no, no. Uh, worse. The picture he included was uh, from the cover of his new book. Oh, it, was a, it was like Auschwitz or something from, from the 1940s. <laughs> so, huh. What is his real motivation here? <laughs> gotta sell some books, Doc. Gotta sell gotta some gotta books. Sell That's some all he's doing, selling books. Entrepreneur spirit living. <laughs> so some Let's other see. people are upset, uh, apparently. At this yes. Uh, Laura Bush, uh, the first lady. Uh, she's mm-hmm. really upset. She wrote an op-ed. And tweeted out the op-ed, and it really pissed me off. A little little bit from the op-ed, she goes, in six weeks between April 19th and 31st, May 31st, DHS has sent nearly 2,000 children to mass detention centers or foster care. Uh, do you realize that those mass detention centers are better than where they're coming from? Oh. On one hand, you're telling us things are so bad, <laughs> people are starving. 
literally starving and being tortured and murdered. That's the reason, Doc, they have to come here. You don't understand how bad it is. Okay, so we're going to put them in a place, give them uh, beds and food, and they're not going to be tortured and murdered. Yes. By itself, that is a world better. That's a step up. But we're also giving them uh, video games and television and everything else. entertaining them, yes. Granted, I don't want to see kids separated from their families, but uh, that seems a little bit better to me. Yeah, and then she also goes says our government should not be in the business of warehousing children in covered box stores. Let's see. Who is that? Uh, Laura Bush. And her husband? Uh, George the, W. Bush. And his job was? President. Was president. 43rd, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, so he was president, and uh, he actually amped up Oh yes, yes these facilities yes. even more. I yes. think it was 2005 when this stuff really took off. Yes, yes. Yes. But she doesn't remember that. No, no, no. And actually, she got the balls to compare this to the Japanese-American internment camps during World yeah, War see, II. Yeah, see, here's the thing. These kids aren't American citizens. I know huh. that's a difficult line. You know, this almost... I, I hate to say this. I hate to say it. And by that, I mean I don't hate to say this. I hate to say this, but is it possible, Chris, yeah. that she might be motivated by something else other than this hurting her heart? Huh. Like what? I don't know her brother-in-law. Jeb, getting his teeth kicked in by Trump. <laughs> I don't know. Jeb. As, as soon as I saw the article, the only thing I can think of is that here it is. Once again, the Bush family not letting it go. They, they did, did not, not let, let it go. go. You want to know why? Because they're f- control freaks. They're entitled. They're progressives. They're progressive Republicans. That's it. Laura Bush was a Democrat before she met George. They are progressive Republicans. That's it. And they are control freaks. She doesn't like that low energy Jeb, Jeb got beat by Trump. Oh, so hurt smoked. heart Laura. Is that what it is? Heart, heart, yeah, she's, she's, she's hurt, hurt heart Laura is upset. Hurt, oh, yeah. hurt heart Laura, the sister-in-law of low Jeb. energy Jeb. <laughs> All right, let's get to some tweets. Oh, before I do that, I got to uh, remind you about uh, Patriot Mobile. If you haven't signed up for an account yet, please do so right away. Patriot Mobile is out there fighting for you on nonsense like this. They're the only non-progressive media company in America, the, the only one that stands up to nonsense like this and also helps fight against the politicians that are out there pushing this nonsense, supporting good people running for office. That is Patriot Mobile. They use some of the money that they take in in profits to fight for you. It's the cost of doing business. In today's world, all businesses out there, I mean, pick your car company, they're out there giving money to the Rainbow Push Coalition or something like that because otherwise they pick it up. It's the cost of doing business. They hand money over to certain organizations so they could say, look, we gave to charity and all of this stuff. But most of them... Most of these big companies, even though they claim those big Wall Street companies are right-wing corporate, blah, no, no, they're left-wing. Because remember, the court of public opinion is yeah. left-wing. Yes. So they give money to this nonsense as the, court of the uh, cost of doing business. Patriot Mobile said, no, we can do better. And they support causes and things that you agree with. Plus, they're just a good company that provides a great service. They have amazing customer service. Their coverage is awesome. Just sign up for an account today at patriotmobile.com slash doc. Patriotmobile.com slash doc. This month, you can save big. You can get an iPhone uh, 6S or a brand new Samsung J7. 
whatever that is, for only $6 a month. That's it. And they have unlimited data plans and nationwide coverage starting at just $20 a month. Call 1-800-APATRIOT. It's 1-800-APATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash doc. So the C-42 saying, so you hate brown people who want a better life. I hate brown people who want a better life and break the law to get it. Okay. Okay. See, you know what we used to say? Yes, I understand you want a better life. I get it. I do. Good, good. I'm being kept down. Uh, but don't rob to do it because that's breaking oh. the law. See, we've established laws because they're needed. We say, uh, you know, uh, laws are based on not infringing other people's rights. Mm. See what I'm saying? So if you follow the law, you're good. Okay. So have a better life. We get it. Kathy Burr saying, so CPS taking kids is better than Trump taking kids. Got it. Let me get that again. CPS uh-huh. taking kids is better than Trump taking kids. Yes, that's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. Child Protective Services, absolutely. Without due process. Oh, take them. Just take Just those go. kids. There was one shady allegation. So let's go ahead and take those kids. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let's open up the phone lines, get some comments. Uh, 888-900-3393. This really triggered me over the weekend because of all of the over-emotion, yes. the lack of common sense, the stupidity, the, the stupidity, the misblame. Yes. Obama is to blame as much as Trump, as George W. Bush, Bush go all the way back. Reagan. Reagan is culpable in <laughs> oh, some of this stuff. Reagan. <laughs> in fact, this goes, this goes all the way back. Uh, you probably take it back further than that, but that I know of back to uh, Truman mm. in World War II. They set up some of these policies during World War II, or right after World War II. We'll talk about that coming up. But if you're frustrated as well, you want to comment, 888 or on Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. Let's go to Pennsylvania now and line 55. Rob, how are you? Hey, Doc. Good morning. Morning, uh, sir. I actually I actually grew up in Southern California, and in my hometown, right outside of my high school, uh, a van full of legal immigrants fleeing Border Patrol plowed into uh, 14s and one of the dads driving them. And and killed them, separated them from their families, or, or Kate Steinle. You've got these cases where you know hundreds of people a year are killed by illegal immigrants who got no business being here. And and you know I I, I grew up alongside dozens and dozens uh, of of legal immigrants, and and they felt the same way. It'll it, you will struggle to find somebody who is more pro legal immigrant than me. I mean, you just, you won't. And I am so incensed by illegals and the support of illegals from people who pretend, Rob, like they're concerned about human rights and each life when they obviously are not because you just pointed out one of their hypocrisies. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's tragic. The, the number of people killed every year by, by people who simply have no business being here or I'm just, especially I'm just, while, while evading. Right. And I'm just looking for consistency on this. Right. That's the insult to the injury is people on the left are wringing their hands and suddenly concerned about children. 
they're not concerned about children. They're concerned about their ideology. And there it is. Rob, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate you sharing this morning. So there's some other frustrations for people on the left, some other things. They complained that uh, some migrants are not being told they will be separated until they get to the processing center. Ha-ha! That's how they're getting them? Huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, not mad. I'm like, like what, what does is that it? matter? I'm not, so they're not told. You don't understand. So they're at the border. They cross the border. They catch them. Okay. They put them in the van. Uh-huh. And it's, they wait until they, they wait get the processing the, mm, center mm, until they separate Hey, them. we're about to take your kids. Bye. Yeah, I, it, what is it, like a Miranda, right? <laughs> I guess. You got to have the right to remain silent. By the way, we're going to take your kids. We're gonna, you have to put that out there? No. No. They, I don't know why that's an issue. See, it would be an issue if they're like this. Attention, people in the desert. We see you hiding behind that cactus. We see you over there. Is it cactus? Cacti? Cactuses? Cacti. I've always been confused. We see you hiding over there. Listen, you're still a couple hundred yards away from the border. If you turn around, it's okay, man. It's okay. It's okay. But if you come across the border, we're going to take your kids, okay? In addition to everything else. All right. If that were the case... They can just turn around. Yes. But they're already in custody. It's not like at that point, they, they okay, hang on. We got you in the car. You're here illegally. We're going to take your kids. You don't want us to? Okay, so you just want to get out and go home then? <laughs> That's not happening. It doesn't work like it that. It doesn't matter at what point they tell them. In fact, you know what? You just saved them 20 minutes of anguish. Because for the 20-minute car ride over the dead, just say, we're going to get free stuff. We're going to get free stuff. We're here. We'll deal with the little legal stuff. Wait, 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 wait. We're at the detention center. You're taking our kids? At that point, they still, there's still hope. There's no difference. They're just, again, trying to make hay. Now, the DHS says, in fact, they've denied that uh, any of that information is withheld from the immigrants. They say, no, that is absolutely wrong. They say parents in the Rio Grande Valley are taken from their processing center uh, uh, to court, they're given flyers explaining that uh, the family separation process, how the whole thing rolls out, in both English and Spanish. They say they're taken from the processing center to court, and then they're given the flyers. The parents are allowed to see the children, they say, before they leave for court and detention. So if you're saying you're taking them and giving them flyers at the detention center, I mean, you could tell them out there. But, but as a cop, you're probably doing that because it's going to be a little easier. Yeah. You know, people kicking I don't and deal. screaming out there. I don't want to deal with that right now. Is it easier to deal with them in the jail cell or out on the road next to a car? Oh, in the jail cell. Exactly. Not, not over there. Now, another problem is they claim that immigrant children are being held on the border in tents and temperatures are over 100 degrees. They're being held in tents. This Texas is hot. Yeah, it's over 100 degrees. Yeah, you know where it also is over 100 degrees? South of there, where you just walked. Or rode atop a train. Or hid in a coyote's trunk with 700 other people. Also very hot in those places. I'm thinking a little less hot in the detention center. So, why is this a problem? They're being held in tents. Well, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think so. As long, again, you're telling us you're coming from a place where people are murdering you, raping you, and you have no food. Should be a step up. And we're going to put you in an, albeit temporary shelter. That's fine. Not your final destination, not the best option, but temporary shelter where you actually have food. 
and you're out of the direct sun. Okay. And have we forgotten? And, and, real quick. And you didn't have to come here. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. There you go. And have we forgotten there are illegally crossing the border? Right. And we are treating. You're them still like giving this. them that, right? You know, I would, I would like, okay, you know, these are Americans. They forgot. Their, no, these are illegal. We don't know who they are. That little kid, we don't know who he is. Chris, we've got veterans that are on the street, and we're not giving them tents. Yeah, right here in the corner, right under the bridge. There's I can about find seven them, of them within a mile or two from here, and the here is damn near everywhere in America. Yeah, you will find homeless vets. And we're not giving them tents, but these people are, you're putting children and illegals in tents and it's over a hundred degrees. Now, health and human services said they've opened up what are, or provided what they're calling soft-sided and semi-permanent shelters. Oh, shut up. Uh, There's another word for that. Tent. (laughs) While I don't think tents are a problem, health and human services are saying, no, it's not tents. They're soft-sided and, in some case, semi-permanent shelters. Um, you mean tents? You <laughs> no, could just Doc. say, "Yeah, they're soft-sided." What the know. hell is wrong with HHS? For they should just go, "Yeah, they're in tents." It's a freaking tent. Be a hell of a lot better than the way we treat veterans, and a hell of a lot better where these people are coming from. At least we're not killing them like we're killing veterans. By the way, the tents, air conditioned. Oh, those are the good tents. Come on. Now, just to give you some of the statistics, 1,995, just under 2,000 children have been separated from 1,940 adult guardians since, uh, this was April 19th through May 31st, since they started this up through May 31st when they were counting. These were all people entering illegally, little under 2,000 children separated from a little under 2,000 adults. Mm, Wow. Okay, significant amount. Yeah. Uh, Most of these are not asylum seekers, as I said. 90% of migrant children held in U.S. shelters arrived without adults. No, 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 Doc. We're separating from adults. We literally take them as the parent is crossing over. The baby's crying. No. Mom! Mom! That's that's 10%. We're quote unquote separated. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound. According as- to the Health and Human Services Refugee Resettlement Placement uh, Program, they put them in shelters. They have contracts with 100 shelters in 17 states. They currently, currently house almost 12,000 migrant children. Wow. If that's just 10 bucks a day in what it costs them. And I'm guessing it's probably more than 10 bucks oh, yes. a day. Yes. That's $100,000, actually $120,000 every day. Wow. If it's just $10 a day. I would think with food and everything else, it could be more than that. But it's at least, I would guess, six figures a day. And has been for, I don't know, a decade, couple decades. It spiked to like 50 some thousand i think it was a year under obama so at times it's been even higher than that Hmm. so millions and millions of dollars a year 
Adults are charged in federal criminal court. They're transferred to custody of the U.S. Marshals, and then they're head, held in uh, adult detention centers while the kids are p- uh, placed in the refugee placement centers. Now, CNN reported that Border Patrol agents even took a breastfeeding baby from a migrant worker, an immigrant mother okay. to a migrant worker. They took that baby. Mommy! DHS said, no, we do not separate babies from adults, except in cases where a person poses a threat or is believed not to be a parent. Huh. Um, wait, what? Okay, something fishy here. Yes. Either you took the baby, which you got to do if that's your policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that seems even worse and less um, you know, um, sensitive to their needs. But okay. If you're telling us they do not separate babies from adults, uh, <laughs> what constitutes a baby? Yeah. Do they have to be breastfeeding? Do they have to be under a year? Yeah. And do all of these illegals actually have documentation to show when and where the baby was born? And could you trust it anyway? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no, you can't separate my baby. It's only 10 months old. See, I have this paperwork. What? Is it two years of age? This makes all of this moot. Yes. Or they're lying. They wouldn't give a specific age, by the way. Wow. DHS wouldn't. They wouldn't put that out there. There are so many flaws with this. If this is true, that they're now separating families, and it is a new policy, and again, not the law, as Michael Steele, MSNBC, uh, Laura Bush, George W. Bush, Jeb and every other progressive out there have pointed out that this is a new policy. Trump has done this. How come they haven't praised America in the past for not separating families? In fact, I've heard the term separating families before this all became a hoopla. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, we had a tweet of a man being deported after 20 years of being in the country illegally. And he was at the airport and it was teary-eyed video. Do you remember this? Yeah. I retweeted, made a comment, and everybody got pissed off because I suggested maybe he shouldn't have come here illegally 20 years. And by the way, you got a 20-year pass. Wow. And people melted down. And the claim was they're separating families. So they've used this line in the past. But you didn't stop and say... Yeah, sometimes they separate families, but you know what? Good for them for having this policy that if you come across the border illegally with children, then we don't automatically put you into court. We just turn you away. No one ever said, way to go, U.S. Never. It was, you're separating families then as well, because this is really about that agenda. How come all of the uh, mainstream media types and the Hollywood types don't house illegals in their home? Huh, that's a good question. How come they don't house veterans that are homeless? Michael Moore's got, what, seven houses or something like that? John McCain is rich. He's a progressive. He has a gob of houses, a bunch of houses as well. The Bushes have a ranch. They have a ranch. How come you're not letting these people on your property? How come you're not letting Americans squat, poor people? How come you're not taking them in? Because they don't actually want this. And by the way, if you care so much about kids... How come you don't care about the unborn? How come you don't care about uh, the kids that uh, are family members of the people you've boycotted? 
The hog kids out there boycotting all kinds of stuff. What about the people that lost their jobs because of those boycotts? You don't think their families are separated or suffering at least? Some are separated because they have to go and get other jobs. Some have to move from their communities because you boycotted them because of your agenda. You don't care about them. You don't care about the families of people murdered by illegals. You don't care about American families being separated by jail. What about jail? What's the difference there? What is the difference if Chris commits a crime and goes to the big house and doesn't get to see his family? What's the difference? Well, Doc, hang on, hang on. It's because he committed a crime. He shouldn't have done, but he didn't. They committed a crime. What's the difference, Progress? Well, it's a serious crime. It is. No, I mean, you... You know, if you go to jail for something, this is immigration thing. These are people that want a better life. It's like jaywalking or speeding or something. No, because we pay a lot of money. It causes lots and lots of taxpayer money to keep these people here. If you're, if your only difference in the reason that uh, you're not concerned about people that commit crimes in separating families, or maybe you are and you think there should be no jail time, in which case, wow, that's a big progressive that leap. That is very leap. I'm sure some of them would want that. But if your argument is, well, no, because you're talking murder, robbery, you got to separate those people and lock them up because it's a serious crime. Great. So you're saying I can speed because that's not a serious crime. Traffic crime, traffic laws should go away. Great. Please lead with that because you maybe recruit me over. If I could speed, fine. But they're not giving me a pass on that stuff. Nor do we say we can't catch every speeder. They're still out there with those cameras. They're still putting technology up. So the red light cameras, speed cameras, and everything else. It's just you don't want to enforce the law because you're hypocrites. You're disingenuous about why you're concerned about this. You have no consistency when it comes to human rights violations, other places, or families being separated. This is strictly about you and your control freak agenda. That's it. If you're frustrated by this stuff, there is one way out. Make a lot more money. You know, I, when they go, people stockpiling money, those rich people shouldn't have all, nobody needs that amount of money. And you know what? No. No. I, as generous as I am and would be if I had much more money, I understand why people stockpile and, and just say, I want, no, you know, having 40 million is not enough. I need 100 million. And 100 million is not enough. I need 500 billion. Because you don't know when they're going to come in and suddenly take over. You've got assets. We're going to tax you 80% on existing assets. They could do anything at this nonsense. So your only recourse to have any type of control isn't marching in the street. We've learned about that. You get people elected, what happens? They either get corrupted or you put them in power and there's not enough of them to actually do anything. To do something, yeah. The only real power you have is if you have a bunch of damn money. That's it. Make as much as you can. It's going to certainly make your life a little bit easier. We know in the future you're going to need other streams of income more than likely. You're likely not going to have just one job. So we host our Building America segments. We offer a bunch of ideas. We give you some of our ideas. Any way you can make money. Here's another one. Become an Earthwater affiliate. Join their affiliate program. It's a ground-level opportunity. When you become an Earthwater affiliate, you'll be given the opportunity to share a unique ID link with others. 
And by becoming an affiliate, you'll get uh, your position in the network marketing tree with the direct market model uh, when it's launched later this year. And you'll establish yourself as an Earthwater brand ambassador. Basically, you make money just by telling people about Earthwater. And you don't have to do any of the shipping or any. That's the part that, for me, that's the part that makes yeah. it work. They let Amazon deal with you. <clears throat> right, exactly. Just let them handle it. Earthwater is going to pay you a 40% weekly commission on all orders placed by your customers. All of them. And 40%? That's huge. That's almost half. That's gargantuan. Earthwater is partnered with Amazon, which means all orders will be taken care of by Amazon. There's free shipping, free handling, no monthly minimum. That would be the other thing. Oh, so I have to have so many or I'm on the hook. Nope. By the way, you don't have to buy a bunch of Earthwater samplers up for, uh, samples up front. <laughs> no, you don't. Seriously, you work for like a knife company. They're like, well. We got to buy a couple of knives. You got to buy, you know, $3,000 worth of knives so you can show people. As it turns out, those are the only customers. <laughs> the people that are going to be trying to sell the knives. That's it. None of that. It's simple. You drink the earth water. You tell people about it. You get 40% off of all orders placed by uh, people that you know. That's it. No monthly minimum. An incredibly easy turnkey business opportunity that pays 40% commission. To join Team Earthwater, go to theblaze.teamearthwater.com. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. This could be something that just brings in a couple of extra bucks. Imagine this. You don't have to do a whole lot, and you bring in $200 extra dollars a month. 400 That's good. 400 is a pretty legit car payment. Oh, That's yeah. a pretty nice car. That's a nice car. Right? How about that? You stood up for take care of that. Couple under take care of your cell phone bill or something like that. And you're not really doing a lot. Or you could take it all the way up that you're actively working this. You're making six, maybe seven figures a year at some point. This is the ground floor because this is new. There's other companies, maybe you thought about doing something like this and you go, oh, you know what? But it's hard because there's so many people out there. Get in now. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Right, let's get some tweets in. Hashtag what I learned today. You got Stinky saying, I walk back in the room and Chris Cruz is doing a girly scream on air Mondays. I know. I was like, why is that unique? I know, right? Uh, and International Sleeve saying, dear Bush family. Yes, Bush family. Dear Bush family. Let it go. Let it go. They did not let it go. They did not let it go. <laughs> Dude, do you know how triggered they are? For, oh, for the entire... Okay, so... I hate the Bushes only slightly less than I hate the Clintons. Okay, okay. I'm not kidding. I really do. I really... Uh, this Again, um, American royalty is what they are. And mm-hmm. they're so oh, damn yeah. entitled. They think mm-hmm. they matter. Yeah. the hell are you? What did you do? You had an opportunity to do spectacular things. Your family, what did you do? You carved it up a little bit more for yourself. And that's fine. But maybe just shut up and go away now. So tired of hearing that stuff. And then they're shocked that these the detentions would be going on when Bush did some of those things. Yeah. And your heart hurts for the children 
The chid, the children. Children. Um, <laughs> how many kids are you helping there? Yeah. How many? Yeah. You got you got them out at the ranch. I know that's the thing. They have a ranch down Are here. you like Mother Teresa? Have you given up all your money? Ooh. No, they got daddy money still going back. Mm. You got speaking duck tweeting now. Uh, rolling on the floor laughing. Chris Crew really needs to use that baby crying noise much more. Do it again. Do it again. No, I'm doing it again. Uh, you got. Rentatopoulos saying the only thing POTUS has separated was the Russian collusion narrative from its media father. I'll tell you what, I, um, hmm. I, I could, <laughs> I think Trump really lost an opportunity to get more people on board. He ended up winning, so it was fine. But he yeah. all he had to do was say, uh, for those of you people who hate the Bushes, I will constantly beat their ass. And if he, he will. just, if he would just, in fact, if he tweets a little bit more about them, if he just a random Jeb tweet right Jeb. now, then I, okay, I got to vote for him. Another, another set. Another he one. could separate my children. I'd vote for him. <laughs> the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Did you have a good weekend? Oh, it's all right. I had a uh, pretty good weekend. Yesterday, I yesterday I stood with the LGBTQ community, and I did not have Chick-fil-A. I stood with those people. Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Sunday. I'm sorry? It's Sunday. Yes. Yesterday, I stood with the LGBTQ yeah, community, see, and I did not have Chick-fil-A yesterday. Here's one of my biggest complaints for Chick-fil-A. What's that? They're never open on Sundays. I know, and I hate that. Why is it so much hate from you Chick-fil-A? stupid religious Chick-fil-A, people. I know. Why? Why do you hate us so much? You do know like... It's, it's Christian hate is what yeah. it is. That's the reason I cannot have Sunday. yummy chicken. Just because it's Sunday doesn't mean you can get to close your stupid Chick-fil-A house. Here's the thing. I think Jesus wants me to have chicken on Jesus Sunday. Jesus does want you to have chicken on Sunday. It's yummy chicken. Yes. He doesn't want me to good. be happy. Chicken too tasty. Chicken too tasty. I think he does. <laughs> I said, what is that? Is that so the workers? I, yes, it's the church thing. No, I know it's oh. that, but I'm like, so you don't work on Sunday? Is it the yes. keep the Sabbath holy thing? Yes. Yeah. Because in order to be a manager at Chick-fil-A, you have to get a pastor's letter. You have to get a recommendation from the church. So couldn't they just make up like a bunch of chicken sandwiches? Like, Yeah, but they're going to run out real quick. Like, like some sort of automated thing so I can still put or maybe and then, sell it and then the people aren't working there maybe sell it like <gasps> in big stores oh no I've got it what hire some Muslims <laughs> or some Jews Hindu Sikhs or non-Christians it's our Sunday crew <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying this is our 
Our Sunday crew. Our Sunday crew. Our shady, most shady face people. Just okay, working. we have no Christians working on Sunday. We're still open. There'll be no pleasures. There'll be... Right, there'll as be I'm that, saying, as just, I'm saying. There'll be just get the chicken gotta be and an go. angle, because all I'm getting is Christian hate. <laughs> I'm even a Christian, and I wanted a chicken sandwich yesterday. Waited on Saturday, though. Did you oh, see my picture? I did see your picture. So douchey, my tweet. Did you see my tweet? Yes. You and um, Joey Jones were on all, all about the Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. He had a nice story about it. Yeah. Johnny Joey Jones. Yeah. My uh, my one for the weekend was me eating the uh, the chicken strips, and I just put, mm, I got it with extra hate. <laughs> How did that hate taste? Oh, it was fantastic. Fant- I love all the comments to everyone jumping on board. Um, it's just such a silly narrative that this has come up again. And why did it come up again? Because of Jack, the yeah. CEO or whatever the hell he is at Twitter. Yeah, he ate. Because he accidentally ate there. How do you accidentally eat there? <clears throat> Come on, he knew. You walk in, you smell that chicken, you say, let me get a number Jack, one. Jack, no, he knew. He just mistakenly tweeted it out. Yes. Or didn't think people would call him on it because it's been five years. That's all it was. And then he was like, oh, whatever. He's a punk. He really <laughs> is. And by the way, if you know what Chick-fil-A, who they give money to, that they've supported all kinds of, well, after the uh, Pulse nightclub shooting, they opened up on Sunday to feed people. They did. All kinds of stuff. I remember that. Yeah, they actually opened up to to feed all those workers that were there. It's a really fascinating story. So they will work on some Sundays. Um, (laughs) It was after church, by the way. So (laughs) all the people there. there. And it was funny because it was like the manager called, you know, headquarters, hey, I'm opening. It wasn't like... Uh, let me ask questions. I know I'm opening. That's cool. That's yeah. legit. And they backed him. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't get to have it on Saturday, uh, Sunday, but I had it on Saturday. Ooh, mystery offer this month with your uh, what is it? With your uh, what do you call it? calendar cards? Mm-hmm. You know the calendar card you buy at the first of the year. Minis. Oh, Ooh, those are good. the breakfast minis. Oh, there's no. Uh, you, you can get a parfait if you go later in the day because they don't have the minis mm-hmm. later in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get the parfait. What are you doing? I hate those minis. You hate the minis? I do because I just can't have one. Oh, or two the minis. Or three. And I'm talking about boxes. I'm not talking about individuals. I literally, at least a minimum of five boxes I'm eating. Oh, I could just, uh, like, like popcorn. Yeah. Handfuls popcorn, of the thing. Yes. So good. Love the minis. But yeah, that's the mystery offer this month. I was excited. <laughs> I found out because I went through Saturday. I had a big order because I was getting her. <laughs> the family, my niece was in town, whatever. So I went through and I got it, and I was like, all right, what's the mystery offer? But I was too late in the day. And she's like, well, would you like a parfait instead? And I Shut went, up. no, just <laughs> stop it. No. Shut your dirty whore mouth. Wow. I don't want a parfait. Uh, it's all about the minis or nothing. Wow. <laughs> okay, I didn't say it, but I felt like saying Because then I was triggered because then I wanted the minis. I hadn't even thought about the minis. Uh, so yeah, it was, other than it was a pretty good weekend. I uh, did a whole lot of work on Father's Day, did a whole lot of that. And they went to a nice little brunch at Crystal Bridges. Uh, yeah, I saw that museum. picture. Nice. They have uh, they have a restaurant in there named Eleven, and it's uh, it's it's really nice, really good. You it's, sit. What's it? Is it like a what's that TV show? Is it after a TV show? Eleven? No, they opened on eleven, eleven, eleven. I believe oh. that's when the museum opened. Oh. Something like that. And so they just named it Eleven. But you sit in, um, the restaurant's kind of in a main area where you can kind of sit and look at the water. And that's very nice. Very uh, solid place. And the food's pretty good and not expensive for an upscale museum. A restaurant at an upscale museum mm-hmm. where you can go there and it's 
What kind of museum? Uh, an art museum. Okay. I mean, it's world-class art museum. It's in Bentonville. It's one of the Walton daughters um, started, which I've talked about it before. But if you get a chance, check it out. It's pretty cool. But if you think, okay, more fine dining type restaurant at an art museum, a art museum, what's that going to cost you for dinner, yeah. right? No, it's fairly reasonable for that. So it was good. So we had a little brunch there. Um, uh, Wyeth got uh, baptized on Saturday. So I we saw had that. that. Yeah. yeah. So How that did that go? Busy weekend. Went fine. Went fine. He was fine. Other kids cried. He just looked at him. He <laughs> Is that how it works for you guys? Just a bunch of kids get like one day and they'll get baptized? Well, they usually do uh, groups of them. Okay. I think when Cubby got baptized, this is uh, Catholic Church. Cubby got baptized. There was like six that day. Mm-hmm. I think there was only two other ones with There's Whitey. a godfather for Whitey. Um, godmother, uh, my niece. That's the reason she was in oh, town. Okay. So, yeah. No godfather? No. Hmm. Okay. Cubby has a godfather. Who's his godfather? Do you know whose godfather is? Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stunt brain. Yeah. Stunt brain. That says so much about Cubby's personality. <laughs> yeah. Stunt brain is his godfather. <laughs> Mike's hilarious about it, too. He's really funny about the stuff. I know there's going to be a whole godfather movie scene in the future. Oh, of course. Michael staged the whole thing. Come in. The orange scene. He's going to do the orange scene. My daughter's wedding. You know, it's, <laughs> I'll be doing the whole thing there. But yeah. So but you also fun. did the museum on Friday. Yeah, we had the museum. I, by the way, thanks to everybody who came out to it. It was a good crew. Um, I don't know. What do we have? A couple dozen people? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, you, you guys almost almost sold out. Yeah. What was the sellout? 30? Uh, 40. 40, yeah. Yeah. So you it was uh, pretty packed. And people, uh, yeah. thanks to Chris and uh, Brad Staggs and Sarah Gonzalez for helping out. Uh, everybody on the tour with us. We did pretty well with it. Oh, for not yeah. knowing the artifacts very well. <laughs> I knew a surprising number of stories we shared. I did By okay. the way, yesterday was like the last day, and on Saturday I did like a, I did a couple tours on Saturday, and after you left, I did a buttload of of tours because somehow Mercury One thought like let's just keep adding tours. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, so- and, and not. <laughs> Every tour had a tour guide no, from the whatever, no. but it was nice that people yeah. could go through. So it was funny. So I keep adding it by, by, by Saturday. Glenn goes, hey, you've been saying a couple of stories wrong. I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like, yeah, come on. Let's get some stories right. So I was able to get like Glenn's stories. I was like, oh, okay. Here we go. What does he know? I know, right? I was like, by the way, mad props to David Barton. Yesterday, uh, no, Saturday, there's a lady, and she's a listener. Shout out to you, wheelchair lady. I forgot your name already. So wheelchair I'm lady. I'm not sure that's how she wants to be identified, oh, but okay. trust me. You, she, yes. Oh, okay, okay, good. She gets it. So she gets there, and then all of a sudden, if you see the stage, it's not wheelchair accessible. Oh, that's right. Part uh, The museum was uh, spread throughout Mercury Studios here. A small part of it was on one of the stages in one of the sound, uh, in one of the studios yes, where we stage record. 19, yeah. Stage 19, yeah. And we were thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, is she going to sue us? How is she going to get up there? So David's, David's wife was like, hey, maybe we could bring some artifacts on here. I'll go get David. I'm like, okay. David goes, why don't you guys pick her up? We were like, huh? pick her up? What if she gets offended? Like, what if, and all of a sudden we're thinking like, oh my God, we're so politically correct right now. And then David goes, hey, do you mind if all four pick you up and then just take you over there? She's like, oh, no, I don't mind at all. 
So we picked Good up for him. We picked up the chair, and then she got she was able to see everything. But by the end of it, and then the the wife was like, "Okay, you Chris and you Matthew are going to be in charge of her, giving a tool for the whole thing." I was like, "Okay, I could do that." But the girl, she loves you. She loves the prom. She loves the network. She's this is her third time she visits a museum done by Mercury One. Mm, mm. So she knew half of the crew. But it's so funny because I'm looking at her. I'm like, "How am I going to get? I want to get." Think, think about that though. Yeah, you're right. We're so politically correct. Yes! We don't think of the obvious solution. Pick her up. It was right. so funny. Debbie was like, pick her up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know. But I, how do I approach how do we, that? We, we, what do I do with my hands? Exactly. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> do I, how do I pick her? Do I do I ask, hey, honey, do you mind if we pick you up? It was so weird. that David just said, yeah, just pick her up. What we used to do. Yes. What people used to do, right? It was so funny, though. So she she played it with it, and unfortunately, you got some bad news over the weekend. Oh yeah, um, really interesting how the way I got the news. I just got done talking to my mom. Uh, she said, "Oh yeah, we're here at the hospital." I'm like, "Yeah, your dad feel kind of sick." Blah, blah. So I wasn't texting. You were on no, the phone with on her. the phone with her, mm-hmm. FaceTime, and she showed me my dad. And my dad said, "Hey guys," I was like, "Okay, cool." Like, "You okay?" It's like, "Yeah, I just you know, okay." Hang up. Then she texts a group chat, because probably a bunch of you guys also have this family group chat. She goes, your dad had a mild stroke. Okay, so you're talking to her and FaceTiming on the phone. She's talking to your son, all this stuff. Uh, How long did you talk? Maybe 30 minutes. Okay, 30 minutes. You hang up. She goes, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, your dad had a stroke. And everybody in the chat was like, we just got done talking to you. Why didn't he tell us there? Oh, it's just a mild stroke. It's still a stroke. Yeah, you might start with that. So I called her back. I was like, what is your problem? I just want to worry you guys. <laughs> it's a stroke. So thank- It's more oh. of a worry the way you did it. Yes. So I was like, so. He's but okay. Yeah, he's okay. So thank you all for the prayers. Um, he got discharged yesterday. Um, I'm not happy with the verdict. Because What verdict? You mean that he had a stroke? Yeah, but then he said like, how, why, how can, like, what? We don't have history of a stroke. We just we do have history of heart attacks. No. <laughs> but thank you for all the prayers. You know, um, I sent the little tweet and the all y'all prayers to my dad. He was shocked that all these people started praying for him. I was like, why? You know, you were sick. Well, some. I mean, sometimes you don't get answers on things like that. Yeah. It's, Did they tell you that? No, they didn't. Tell me that. Yeah, sometimes something like that. I mean, they can um, pinpoint some causes. Sometimes they can do something. If it's a mild stroke and he doesn't he doesn't have any effects, right? No, 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 no. There's no, no like, signs after. There's no like half a face. You Those know, are usually paralyzed, more severe. Okay. You know, or the, he does say that his tongue feel like ten pounds heavier. Okay, that but could other make than sense. That, and, about it. Yeah, I mean, if there's nothing that um, could be a blessing in disguise, if it leads to tests that reveal something else yeah. or prevents a a uh, more serious stroke or something like that. So you got to look at it like that. But uh, wow, how'd that make you feel? I mean, aside from upset that your dad was... Super old. What's that? Super old. And you, you got so stupid over text. What? Well, Chris, you know, it's the rite of passage, you know. Your parents are getting old. And this means you're getting old. And this means that... Pretty soon, you know, you already transition, and Milo will transition too. And I said, like, "You are." S-. I was say, "I don't if you saw." I was just I'm sending just you okay. You. I was just, just sending you one letter text because I'm like, "This idiot is." I just, just am trying to help. I'm trying to help. Oh, it, I know you are. It is kind of a. It is. It's odd when you see it. When you, it is when you notice. So uh, first of all, your parents getting older. Yes. 
I mean, cause you grow up, you notice they're whatever. And then one day you look at him and you're like, huh, I got a little bit older there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, huh, a couple of years down the road, they're like a little older there mm-hmm. or they get sick or something. And you're like, wow, that's, and you just constantly have that. This is one, I think one of the mistakes we make as human beings, we think our life becomes stationary or a destination. So we go, I'm going to go to school and become an attorney okay, or a doctor or whatever. And you envision yourself in this career or with a family or whatever your life's going to be. Okay. And you think you achieve it. And if you do get there, you know, kids, things are going to change. You'll have kids. Mm-hmm. But your vision of yourself, your image of yourself and a lot of the stuff is stagnant in your head. It's constant flux. And I get frustrated when I see... Women, in particular, trying to dress, you see, they're 40, they're 50, whatever, trying to dress like they're 18. <laughs> yes, we heard. Stop. Especially in the Hispanic community. Knock it off. Stop that. You can dress younger. Yes. You can dress a few years younger. Good yes. for you. You could still try to look great. You could yes. still whatever. And, and wonderful, God bless you. And our guys, I would say, it's not trying to look younger, trying to be younger, where they try to be the tough guy. Tough guy I'll be out there. Whether it's with sports, you're 50. Seriously, dude. Stop playing football. Stop playing. I mean, toss it around in the backyard a little bit. Little stuff, whatever. But knock off all of that stuff. When they're playing right? basketball? Well, when they're trying to play basketball. Exactly. Come on. You can do to a certain level. But you know what I mean? Just stop. Get it. Um, it's fine if you're saying, I want to. I'm, I'm going to try to be in shape. Yeah. I'm going to try to be, you know, not get locked into this thing where I just become older and older. Because a lot of times you become 40, 50, 60, whatever. You just turn it off. Yeah. The mentality goes. Boop. It goes off and anything pop culture goes away. Mm-hmm. All your references are from 30 years ago. You tell the same stories. You don't watch any new movies. You don't. <laughs> so it's good to still be young at heart and do these things. But you have to remember your you get one year to be 18. Mm. enjoy it that's cool and one year to be 19 mm. if people one of our co-workers turned 25 and she's freaked out by oh, it oh yes she is and of course i've been very sympathetic to that no you haven't <laughs> you have not you're the worst human being i told her the middle age thing oh come on one of my favorite things to do I was like, hey, you're middle-aged now. I am not middle-aged. You're 25. I am not middle-aged. And I was like, how old's the average American live to be? Roughly 75, 76 right Mm -hmm. there. Maybe a year or so older for women. I go, that means you divide it into three 25-year groups. One to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 75. (laughs) You're in the middle-age group now. Oh, my gosh freaked out when i said that on friday she also goes do you know the black pe- the black plague is back there was a case somewhere up, up. oh i know she's got it <laughs> paranoid about and that i was stuff. like did you hear this from doc she's like no okay do not talk to doc about the black oh plague. no she told me i also oh, told her about some other things like polio was back i told her that but the point is you get a year to be that you get you know enjoy it live it up so the lesson is chris enjoy now you know Plan for the future. It's fine. Be smart, <sighs> but live in the now because it's sucks. only a couple of years until Milo's going to be going. Oh my gosh, my dad's looking older. He's such you a know, jerk. he's. It also hurts the the lady that on the wheelchair. She goes, "You're 35, right?" I was like, "Okay." You're not 35. Oh, shut up, Doc. Come on, don't do that. What do you hold you? You were in my birthday. 
You were part of my birthday party. I don't remember. 28, other, other than not 35. I know I don't look 20. I look older than that. Wow, you really do. You got to take care of yourself. Milo's, he's going to be getting that call if you're not careful. You better. Just... <laughs> the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. And comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Heather uh, tweeted, Heather, sick, twisted, jackhole tweeted, holy crap, seriously. And it's a link to, um, and it might have been a retweet. Uh, yeah, it was a retweet. Yeah, from somebody else that had linked to a YouTube video. Did you click on that? I did. Um, that Fidel Castro is actually the father of Justin Trudeau. Prime Minister of Canada, Justin yes. Trudeau. Yes. His father is Fidel Castro. Huh. I re- well, when Fidel Castro died, um, this was the big, wow. the big rumor. Had you heard? Do you remember that back? I then? remember the rumor. Yes, okay, yeah. I remember the rumor. Yes, right. And it's silly. Now I can't believe people don't remember it from when he when he died because um, uh, Justin Trudeau was all oh. weepy, said such nice things about him. <laughs> Didn't realize that Fidel Castro had a whole lot of people killed, but regardless, okay. <laughs> Forget about that. Forget about that. Uh, I believe it. Well, I'm looking over here, and all those pictures, wow. Look at look at Justin next to his father. Yes, especially look at Fidel, this one. Right. Look at that. I know, right? Even the little stupid mustache. Yep. yep. This is so cool. Now, I am uh, always skeptical of, of Maury Povich's... Look, Maury, you can tell. He's got the same eyes right here. All of that's nonsense. This one, I believe. Oh, yeah. You want to know why? Why? Because I want to believe it. (laughs) I so desperately want to believe it. You know what uh, makes me believe it in more than the looks? The attitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He so supports that stuff. He does. Nonsense. He does not give up. He does not. Get the tweets in with the hashtag. What I learned today, Tack Pack. The July Tack Pack is looking awesome because they have in it something that has never been seen before. If you're not familiar with Tack Pack, Tack Pack is a tactical package you get in the mail once a month when you signed up for the subscription. It is a subscription-based tactical package. It's a whole bunch of goodies for you. I know. It's, it's fascinating. This is the pack like for every dad or every gun person that loves their guns. This you should this should be mandatory. Uh yeah, it's forty nine ninety five. Forty nine ninety five a month, but you can stop anytime you want. If you want to sign up for a month, try it, great. The value is always over a hundred dollars, so it's always worth it for you. Even if you turn around and sell the stuff. You can sell it. You can sell and make the money. But regardless, <laughs> you're not gonna want to because it's good stuff. Coming up in July, the value is at least $130. And they have a never before seen blade from SOG Tactical. Hands mm. down the best range kit they have ever had. And think about it, when you go to the range, you always forget the knife. You always forget the knife. Is that how it is? Yes. Um they also have some uh, grab bag packages and things you can sign up for and buy as well. But you're going to want to get the tactical pack. It's tack pack, like tactical and package put together. Tack pack, t a c p a c k dot com. Sign up today, you will love it. Again, July's value one hundred and thirty dollars with a blade that no one has ever had. That's the type of <laughs> stuff that it. I love too. Think about it. 
So the value last month was $205. Yes. The one coming up, not quite as much, 130 But still. But this brand new blade. You're still up. Isn't that just by itself? Doesn't it make you want of to sign up for it? Of course. This is, come on. You know you love your guns. Do you just get it? Just. So did, uh, did you get any Father's Day gifts? Nope. Milo goes, I forgot. Is that today? I was like, you learned, <laughs> you learned that, that from me. He go, is that today? I'm like, yes, it's today. Oh, you forgot to remind me. I forgot to remind you. Of course, you got to remind him for Father's Day. Everyone knows that. You so, know. well, because last night there was an event here, Father's Day event. Mercury One held mm-hmm. the Father events for all the people that helped out, and they told him that, hey, at the end, of, you know, you could do the tour. At the end, you could get a gift from us. And Milo goes over there, grabs a bag, pulls a bunch of. The, he was only supposed to take one. He takes one of each and goes, "Happy Father's Day." Good, resourceful. <laughs> he is so your son. I know. He is so your son. <laughs> Did you love that? So I got a little gum bag with a bunch of stuff that is like branded by Mercury One. So that's hilarious. <laughs> so Cubby got me a um, uh, some clothes. Okay. By Cubby, I mean, you know, took him shopping. Yeah. So they went shopping and he got some clothes. And uh, they're still at the store looking at other stuff, just screwing around. And he sees something and he's like, I got to get this for Father's Day. Okay. A banana scented candle. Nice. So you're going, what? It has not, not like I'm a huge candle. They're not like I hate them. It's no big issue, whatever. But you love bananas. They were, I do love banana smell and banana flavor and the whole thing. But Cubby was there and he sees the banana candle and he smells it. Well, he knows I like banana flavor, whatever. But over the past couple months, I keep teasing him about this song that Elmo had. Hmm. Someone on like Sesame Street, Elmo. He had somebody on that sang this song about bananas. Okay. And the lyrics are, enjoy a banana. It's a very fine fruit. Mm. And it just repeats. Enjoy a banana. It's a very fine fruit. So Ooh. I torture Cubby with that all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, you want breakfast? You want cereal? Yeah. Do you want bananas in it? No. And then I start singing. Just keep, enjoy a banana. And sometimes I was looking at him and I go, you sure you don't want a banana? It's a very fine fruit. <laughs> So he hands me the candle and he starts singing, Enjoy a banana! Yes! <laughs> Very fine fruit. The Morning yes. Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, right, get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Hashtag what I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. If you are somebody like me who struggles with uh, weight loss and eating healthy, consider trying RidUZone. It's R-I-D-U-Zone.com. RidUZone.com. It is a new tech that's only been out a year or so. It was developed uh, through the University of Southern California, I think LA, I think it was UCLA. Yes. And they they determined there's this uh, 
molecule in your body called OEA. And it's present, your body makes it. It's also found in uh, higher concentrations in the Mediterranean diet, things like olive oil. And it promotes weight loss because it gives you a full feeling and also boosts your metabolism. And unfortunately uh, for them, many were not be able, to, able to bring it to market. Riduzone said we can develop a product based on this technology. They put it together and it works. Try it today, Riduzone, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Again, it gives you that full feeling so you're going to eat less. And at the same time, it's boosting your metabolism, so you'll burn a little bit more. It is such a struggle. Unfortunately, when you're trying to diet and see the effects of weight loss, it's always delayed like a week or two. So you try for a couple of days, you try to think it's not working or whatever, and you don't want to stay with it then. Take the edge off if you're trying to make that lifestyle change and try Riduzone today. R-I-D-U-Zone.com, Riduzone.com. You got Gail tweeting out, uh, Doc Thompson thinks communism is genetics. Do you think that? Um, no, the Trudeau and Castro. I think theirs is because it's a little cray cray. Okay. It's not just communism. It's it's the extra crazy. The C42 saying Cubby wins the internet. <laughs> he does. Well, when I said that about Milo. He's so your yeah. kid. Cubby's was, it was sticking it to me as well. <laughs> just wanting to tell me, enjoy that banana. It's a very <laughs> fine fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back because I want to listen to that. Uh, Stinky tweeted out Waterloo today. Uh, you know what re- you know what that really means? Cubby's taken after grandma. Why? Tupperware everything. Oh, Tupperware. Is it because the candle is on a... Oh, no, because she was placing the candles randomly, like underneath oh, the kitchen cabinets and stuff. <laughs> You're right, yes. Which, by the way, yes. have not seen anything about that since. And that was there for like six, eight months. And now in several places, and now it's gone. So I still don't know what that was about. And then finally, you got Doc's tiny sack saying Fidel Castro to Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Yep, where is Castro it? Castro oh. to Justin Trudeau. There it is. I am your father. Uh, very good. There Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know those work better if they're a little tighter. Hey, Jeremy joins <laughs> us now from FirstLiberty.org. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. What do you got for us? Give us a uh, good case that you guys are working oh, on. Oh, you'll love this case. I, we've got the, the case in the city of Airmont, New York. This is uh, about an hour or so outside of New York City. Okay. It's a city that was actually birthed in about the early 1990s there. And it was born, it was born specifically, and this is not just me making this up, this is actually written in some of the case law that has been going on for almost 30 years now with the Department of Justice going after the city. It was a city born in bigotry, they said. It was, it was designed specifically to keep out Jewish residents. I'm not making this up. So a bunch of people got together and said, hey, we don't want any Jewish people. We'll start this city. Is that they, they created these zoning regulations that would prevent people of the Jewish faith from being able to, to be able to get in town okay. and to be able to create their, uh, their places to be able to operate and freely exercise their beliefs. And so the, the uh, Department of Justice, the United States Department of Justice, has gone after this town multiple times. On, at least two different presidential administrations have gone wow. after it. There was a consent decree that was in place for a long time, basically saying, we're going to keep an eye on you guys for a long time. You're going to act like this. We, you've agreed to apologize and do all this, uh, and we're going to hold you to it. And now it, that consent decree has, I think, run out, uh, and it seems like the city of Aramont is back to their old ways, uh, such that they have created more zoning laws here that are making it almost impossible for people of the Jewish faith in particular to be able to gather for worship, uh, or at least for their prayer meetings here. <laughs> and so the city of Aramont has, has passed these zoning regulations that require you to register if you're going to use your home for a prayer meeting. 
And so one rabbi attempted to do all this, ended up spending about $20,000 trying to comply with the laws of the city of Ermont. Uh, so they keep moving the goalposts on top of that? Is that Kept what it is? Kept on moving the goalposts. Oh, okay. ulti- this is even better. Ultimately, the city of Ermont penalized him. They ticketed him for having unauthorized gatherings in his home, these prayer meetings that they were holding once a week in, in the city of Aramont, New York. So they gave him a ticket, punishable up to a, a fine of up to $1,000 and up to a year in jail if he was found guilty of it all. Now, we stepped in and about a week or two ago. We had those charges temporarily dismissed. But I'm telling you what, we're continuing our investigation up there in the city of Aramont, New York. It doesn't look real good. Uh, the, 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 the rabbis up there, the, the local leaders up there call themselves the underground synagogues because they're scared that they're going to either be punished or, or kicked out of town for simply trying to freely exercise their religious beliefs. This thing sounds like something that happened like 200 years ago or something. This still right now. It just <laughs> This is right now in the city of Aramont, New York. Thankfully, the United States Department of Justice has not only been litigating this for, for several decades now, but, uh, you know, and, and, and to that point, I think, frankly, 30 years of bigotry is more than enough. Yeah, yeah. Probably should end at this point. <laughs> right, right. But I think it was just last week, as a matter of fact, the uh, Department of Justice de- uh, published this program called Places to Worship. Uh, and, and the idea, the initiative there is to go around the country and make sure that city governments, county governments, whatever it is, local officials are not using neutral laws like zoning laws to uh, to to punish people for the free exercise of the religious beliefs or, or the use of their land for religious purposes. And so I think we're going to find an able ally in the United States Department of Justice to make sure that the citizens of Aramont, New York, can have their prayer meetings in their own homes without having to register with the government or to somehow be punished with misdemeanor crimes in criminal court for simply trying to, to host prayer meetings in their home. This Is, is this also, um, um, are there any federal fair housing laws in play here too? Would there be any... There could Way to be. go after them, because there, I know that's a protected class. I mean, religious. Yeah, there could be. Yeah. And thankfully, there's a law passed in the early 2000s called the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act. Or if you want to sound cool at a, at a cocktail party, Arlupa. That's how we refer to it. Arlupa. You know, yeah. Chris, Arlupa. Was that 92? Yeah, no, 2000. 2000 was 2000, yeah. Chris. I know you thought it was 92. I, I it was thought 2000. it was 92, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Arlupa was passed for this specific purpose. And it basically said the government cannot substantially burden the free exercise of religion or the use of one's land at, for, for religious purposes. Uh, without providing a, uh, a, a, a reason for doing so, a, a, a motivation and in, in in showing that the government acted, it's too early this morning, I can't talk, and <laughs> showing that the government acted with the least restrictive means possible here. So it, it codified much of the case law that was already out there, and it, it made sure that the government is not using these, quote, zo- these, quote neutral zoning laws uh, that look neutral on their face, they apply to everybody, but have the real effect and purpose of really substantially burdening and driving out people of faith from local communities. So this is Aramont, New York. Correct. Okay, help me understand this. And obviously you're, I mean, uh, you're not trying to stop people's religious freedom, so you're not going to fully understand it. But (laughs) where are they at now? I mean, okay, some people got together and obviously were bigots and said, we're going to stop Jewish people from settling here and we want them out. I get that. But still in today's world, you have enough people on council and the mayor in that because they have to actively be doing this, even if it's not overt. They've got to be at least behind closed doors going, okay, right? I mean, they're, they're yeah. working this. Yeah, well, look, this is not too uncommon, uh, regrettably. I was here a couple weeks ago talking about Congregation Torskheim right down the street from us here. Yeah, yeah. That uh, they were kept out of the city of Dallas right here. Uh, and, and in, remember, they, they were the city of Dallas wants them to have a whole bunch of parking spaces 
for right. a congregation that doesn't drive on the Sabbath. <laughs> uh, and, and so that was a real problem here. So so city governments around the country, whether it's for Jewish reasons or Jewish believers, or uh, we, we had a school up in, um, a Christian school up in uh, Michigan that was told they couldn't use a church building in their town, and, and therefore they couldn't meet anywhere in their community uh, because uh, the, the city basically didn't want them in that community. And, and so the city governments uh, can act sometimes intentionally against people. And I, that appears what they're doing up there in the city of Aramont. Do you think this is probably, in a lot of these cases, one or two people driving it? I it it's hard for me to believe that at face value, without other things attached to it that could muddy it up and convince people that there's just a lot of people that believe in this stuff. Yeah, using my most charitable interpretation, I, yeah. I, I think people just simply feel ignorant of the law. They, they, they want to have... I don't know. Maybe they're just HOAs on steroids, and they want to make sure your grass isn't too high, okay. or you want to make things look beautiful. Uh, the less uncharitable interpretation of these things, uh, there's one or two people that truly do okay. want to create these problems. Because I could see the 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 spin to get other people on board. In the case of the Texas one here, things like, listen, we're you know you're clogging up the streets. Right. They tell people whether well, they are or not. You go to people and you go, listen, you see the cars out here. It's an and you tie a bunch of nonsense to it or whatever. Oh, well, yeah, that seems, yeah, maybe we shouldn't let them do that. You know, it's still right. ignorant of the law. Um, but it's still got to be a couple of people driving it, though. Yeah, I think so. And what we've gotten away from in this country, regrettably, is that uh, we're now to the point where we've got city governments ignoring the First Amendment, saying, hey, look, the free exercise of religion is only free if we give you the permission to do so. So you saw that in, in Aramont, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to register with the city in order to ha to use your house for any kind of religious purpose. Register. There's mm. even regulations up there in the city. You'll love this. There's regulations in the city of Aramont, New York, that if you're a yeshiva or, or if you're a day school or a, a kind of a boarding school for, yeah. for the Jewish believers... Uh, you can only have like 120, I can't remember the exact number, but it's like 120 or so students per like 300 acres or something like that. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely absurd. Wow. If you spread these kids around, it'd be like one acre per person or something like that. But the, the idea, again, is to try to use these neutral laws. Well, it was just, you know, just making sure that people aren't too crowded on their property uh, <laughs> yeah, to, okay. to drive people away from being able to freely use their property for religious purposes. And that is contrary to our entire system of government and our entire concept of freedom. We want people to be able to use their property for religious purposes because... We value freedom, and we value the freedom to freely exercise your religious beliefs. So where's the, the Aramont case now? The Department of Justice looking into it? Is that what you said? We're looking into You're it deeply looking? right now. Okay. My guess is that the Department of Justice will as well. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of problems up there. And frankly, we got up to the city of Aramont, looked around and go, there is a lot to do up here. I mean, there, there is really? so much stuff going on between the yeshiva issue, between the, the, the small zoning issue about holding prayer meetings in people's homes. Uh, there are all kinds of issues. I think we're going to find more and more stuff as we roll this back that we're going to be in litigation with this city possibly for a long time. My guess is, and it, it kind of looked like this way at the hearing when we were, we were trying to make sure that this rabbi was not you know, criminally penalized for mm -hmm. holding prayer meetings in his home, um, it looked like the city attorney was a bit concerned uh, that there, this is going to be an entrenched issue with some people that have a, a pretty strong track record at First Liberty of making sure that people are able to, to freely exercise their religious beliefs. That made me happy that we've got yeah. attorneys on staff that are able to hold these things. And, and from he, coast was, to he coast, was concerned because you guys he were He was involved. concerned because we showed up. Okay, good, good. <laughs> good. Okay, that's nice. As that's exactly that, yes. Absolutely. Was that. Yeah, I would, uh, now you've got me intrigued. I, I, I think we need to go. Do I have to go to the to Aramont? Seriously, just <laughs> I, I just go uh, sit down and just talk to people. I gotta figure out what is going on. <laughs>
it's just so bizarre that that I get a lot of ignorance. Like I said, I get a lot of secondary and tertiary people misunderstand. But if you're talking in this case, so many years of this, mm-hmm. I mean, have they changed mayors? I mean, multiple times or has it been the same mayor? Is it the kind of council has changed? Right. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it has yeah. multiple times, but there seems to be this entrenchment there that is possible. Look, Doc, I know you're yeah. always looking for your next summer home up in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but if you go, Vermont, there it is. If you if you do, make sure you don't use it for your prayer meetings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> then it's going to be trouble for me. Well, I'm not Jewish, so it might get a pass on that. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you have white Christian men, though. exactly right. But that's exactly but, the yeah, problem, right? Yeah, absolutely. If it goes for one religious it faith, should go if it goes for everybody. And were they and specific the with? Um, I mean, are there Christians there that have meetings or anything that they've? I not? suppose so, and I think as we get into our investigation, we'll find out. But that's the exact point, right? That the city of Vermont is using neutral. They didn't say we were going to keep out Jewish believers. Right. They're just saying this particular kind, you know, they're, they're phrasing it in such a way that they're not naming things, but the clear effect and intent is to make sure that believers aren't able to. So in this case, prayer meetings is the, is the controversy, right? Mm-hmm. It is the first applicable to the Jewish believers because they host that regularly and routinely. Absolutely. But it would be equally applicable to the Baptist or the Methodist or whomever down mm-hmm. the street, the Catholics, the Mormons, everybody down there that hosts prayer meetings in their own home. I mean, my goodness, my, my faith, we, we have a weekly prayer meeting in our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and would I have to register with the city of Vermont if I hmm. live there? Probably. But I'm not going to spend $20,000 to do what I'm <laughs> right. entitled to do under the First Amendment anyway. You See, know? and, if, and if, if you do have that many people that are knowingly giving this a wink and a nod, and if their history is that, I wonder how many people have been denied moving into town. You That's know, exactly either through right. steering, which is an official uh, realtor term, um, where they would say, you know what? I think you'd be better over there with uh, other uh, people that have banana leaves uh, grown in their yard, Chris, or whatever it is, <laughs> where they say, you're type of people over there, um, right. where you just steer. Or people that say... Um, they won't sell to certain people. You know, that was the wink and a nod that communities had for years. Yeah, you know? look, no one should fear being punished by their government or run out of town or being or being pronounced a bigot for simply trying to exercise their religious beliefs in their own home. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, First Liberty could uh, use your help. They're always working on great cases like this, and uh, it's pro bono, so absolutely, that's a fancy word that means they're not going to charge people. Free. Free, right? (laughs) Um, uh, So they need your help. Uh, Doing great work out there, standing up for your rights uh, today and tomorrow. So please uh, donate if you can. Firstliberty.org. Firstliberty.org. And a bunch of these cases are posted at the site if you just want to go and read on them. Yeah, absolutely. Firstliberty.org slash Airmon. You can learn all about the case. And then they'll also listen to the podcast. Absolutely. The First Liberty Briefing. You are the host. Yeah, so if you you like my voice, you got to like my voice in order to be able to watch (laughs) to listen to that show. But yes, thanks for that plug. First Liberty Briefing, the podcast. Guests available wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> Firstliberty.org. Check it out today. The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network. most culturally diverse morning show on the radio hosted by a white guy it's the morning blaze with doc thompson the reason i'm fascinated by it and the reason i want to go to airmont now and check it out is because i can't believe that people think these things yeah um i guess that's why on twitter sometimes i engage with people or whatever i'm just shocked that people actually are this flawed in their thinking 
Like, I get some differences of opinion on stuff. In some areas, I go, oh, people are just different. Yeah. But it's been really difficult for me to get that some people just are completely wrong about some of these things. Yeah, and I also want to know what got them to that thinking. Because it's not like they woke up that day and said, ooh, <clears throat> let's keep these people down. It had to be something that manifested that. Yeah, I mean, some people just flawed thinking about certain races and religions and, uh, and whatever I else. I just don't get the whole like... Oh. And by the way, I'm fine with people saying we don't want a certain... We want to live near certain people. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say you should be able to deny people living there. Mm-hmm. But if you want to live around people that are more like you, it's just more convenient mm-hmm. in some cases like religion. You know, if you're going to have... Like, for example, um, Orthodox Jews don't drive on... Yes. On the Sabbath, so they walk, whatever. So if you have a temple in your town and everybody that lives nearby it is going to be Jewish because it's easier. and It's just, it's practical. Mm-hmm. I get that. Or if you say we want laws in our town to reflect uh, our religious holidays. Hey, um, you know, take Ramadan off if you're Jewish. We've been saying that. Good, good. I'll take Christmas off. That's cool. So I get that, that part of it. But what's going on where 30 years, they continue it because it's not just a failure of thought to say we're going to keep the Jews out. Mm-hmm. It's that they're breaking the law and yes. they keep getting challenged by this. Yes. So who is digging their heels in? It's got to be one SOB. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That it's got to be one old guy. Yes. And yes. when he dies, he's got to probably at this point be, you know, 80. And when he dies, he still has the control. It'll all change. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you that's it's what like it is. It's like the new dynasty. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe his kid, it's like Fred Phelps in the Westboro Baptist Church or something. You know? <laughs> Gotta be just a couple of them that keep causing it. And then what about everybody else in town? Yeah. I get you're not as involved. So you get the spin on it. No, no, this is just a, we don't want people holding, you know, it's certain neutral. meetings because it's zoning, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want a bunch of cars in your street and gumming it up? You're coming home from work, more trap, right? So I get how they would be able to spin some of it, but nobody in town has stood up and said, Mm. hey, this has been going on 30 years. You guys are just anti-Semites. Shut up. (laughs) Right? Nobody said that? I just, or or what is the breakup? Is it four people on council that's like, yeah, we're all anti-Semite. Just play it straight, right? Yeah. No, no. We just don't want cars hey, on zoning. the street. Zoning. zoning. It's about zoning. Yeah. I just got to figure it out. <laughs> Ultimately, it likely will come down to some people are just cray-cray. Yeah, and then uh, I think next week, uh, Jeremy's going to give us an update about the valedictorian. Oh. Yeah, uh, so far, the school was, we told you last week about the valedictorian, and that was uh, mm. was New York as well. You might be right on that Can't one. I can't remember. Uh Anyway, the valedictorian who told he could Illinois. speechify Illinois, who told he could speechify in moments before he goes on, they're like, "Oh, you're mentioning God can't do that," and the whole thing got shut down. Um, he'll give us a full update next week. So far, though, the school not being real cooperative. No, they are they're digging their heels. Digging their heels. <laughs> here's another. Here's another example of digging their heels. School, let me help you out. This is going to be bad for you. Yes. Um. The New York case that we just talked about, it's going to be bad for you. Some of these cases that Jeremy brings before us, they're going to keep working on, Mm. and it could go either way. Illinois, you are going to lose, and you are going to lose badly, and it's going to end up costing you cash on top of this. New York, you are going to lose badly for a couple of different reasons. As Jeremy told us last week with the valedictorian case, there is absolute Supreme Court rulings on these and precedents. 
you are going to lose badly. And if they push this and you have to pay attorney's fees or you have to pay this kid, because remember, the kid wasn't looking for any no, payday. he was not. The kid was looking for, hey, apologize and don't let this stuff happen again. If I'm this kid now, I, I use money. that payday. Right. As punitive, though. Yes. 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 It's got to be punitive yes. because you, it, the only way they're going to learn is when it hits them in the pocketbook. Yep. That's the only way schools are going to learn not to do this stuff. Yep. So now... I got to, in fact, we got to tell Jeremy, you got to go after him for cash yeah. now. And also, you people that live in Illinois and New York, you'll be paying for this. So maybe you give him a call. Maybe you call him up, say, hey, 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 hey. don't do you this might, stuff. You might, right. might want to rethink this. School's going to lose oh, so they badly. Are. It is going to be so bad. Just give it up. And New York, this case, they're going to lose for a couple of reasons. Um, it has to do with housing yes. and land use. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with Jews, not mm-hmm. just Christians. No. It has to do uh, with the Justice Department. As soon as the Fed gets the feds get involved and start putting pressure on it for stuff like this, and they have a history of violating all of those things, say you're going down. When it comes to <clears throat> the reason I mentioned federal fair housing, when it comes to fair housing and the protected classes of race and religion, national origin, things like this, those protected classes, when it comes to housing, Oh my gosh, the feds will come in with paratroopers, night goggles, and swarm, they will swarm, take swarm. you down. Because this goes back because this was used for so long to keep people down mm-hmm. back in the day. Even after we had passed you know, amendments to the Constitution, 14 and the Reconstruction um, Amendments and stuff. Years after that, years after all of these civil rights cases, years after the 64 Civil Rights Act, Still, housing was a, okay, listen, we're all in this, right? We're all whiteies. We won't sell to the darkies, right? (laughs) That's seriously what they would do. And they'd have realtors and would only work with ones that would go, oh, yes, I'll show you these houses, but I think you'd really like this one over here with people like you. They would do all of this shady stuff. The feds look at that stuff like the ultimate sin. So this kind of ties into that. It's, it's housing use. If you start going back and start going on all these realtors and anyone who has bought a house or sold a house and said, did you steer people or did you deny them selling? Oh, my gosh. The lawsuits that could spring up. Trust me. Airmont, you're going down. Oh, yeah. It is going to be bad. People of Airmont, people of New York, start making your phone calls. I know. It's your next two. It's going to happen as well. <laughs> Do not deny those First Amendment rights, folks. Believe it or not, you are actually being informed. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Tweets coming in. Hashtag what I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. You can join the program. Yes, you got TJ Topping saying thank you, TMB, for providing a soccer free environment for three hours. I tell you this, I don't know if I can make this decision, but the Blaze Radio Network 
will always be soccer free. 100% soccer free since 93. I don't know if. <laughs> Have you puked since 93? <laughs> exactly. Soccer free since 03. We haven't been around. Soccer free since 13. Never mind. <laughs> but yes, that's one thing you wouldn't have talking about soccer. That's so I misunderstood America. a tweet from uh, at the Blaze Keith. From, uh, Pat, oh, I Pat saw Grant you Leach. yesterday. What was going on? Went to, or, uh, Keith went down a list of like some soccer facts. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, Keith, what are you doing? So I was like, Keith, did you fall? Did you hit your head? <laughs> Keith, we're in America. Nobody cares about soccer. Nobody cares about did soccer. Did you have an aneurysm? And he's like, that's the reason I tweeted it. That was my point. And I was like, oh, okay. okay good. So I kind of disparaged him. But yes, there is no, I didn't even know it was the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I didn't know either. Until I saw his tweet. Did you know like, that oh. we sent a, uh, uh, a a bid for 2024? Who's for we? the world? The United States? No, no. Yes, we sent a bid no, for 2020, not the United, 2024. The, the divided states. No, they no, no. Sent it. The United States no, of America no, sent a bid. I don't recognize bid, it. I'm sorry. This uh, is next civil war. To hold this is it. the FIFA Cup here in the United States. Yeah, because that's such a respectable... It's oh, 26, res- sorry. It's a uh, respected organization. You know, it's nothing shady with them. Oh, no, the federal... No, this, this you think uh, um, secession and slavery was bad? <laughs> no, this is it. And don't think I don't know what's been going on low these last 20 years with soccer moms and pushing your local little soccer camps, trying to brainwash American kids. Hold on, you can't play soccer. No, he doesn't. He did. No, he went to one game and he was smarter than we. Or one meeting, uh, one... Um, uh, Tournament? Oh, it's practice? Okay. Actually, no, it's two. It was two. two? Okay. And uh, he was like, not in it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's smarter than we are. This is so Because had he been into it, my wife would have been sucked into this. Of course no. she would have. Nope. Of course. They play soccer over there in Korea. So now, out, done, good, gone. Good, no good, soccer. Good, good, good. Uh, you got the T42 saying, it's time for the who to officially recognize the TMB addiction as a mental problem. The WHO, the World Health Organization. Yeah, and by the way, my oldest son, also no soccer. He plays baseball. He plays basketball. basketball. Yeah, he's totally. Yeah, Done. yeah. No, he got it right. He, yeah. No, he got it right. He got it right. Um, that's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, join us on the Twitter with the hashtag what I learned today. WaxRx. Yep. Brad had a couple of more of them this weekend. So I saw him on Friday, uh, Thursday night when we had a little gathering and a bunch of people came up there wanting to talk earwax with Brad. So, you know, if you go uh, to a party, doctors hate going to parties because as soon as they tell people what they do, everyone starts telling oh, their medical hold on. problems. I, got, I, got something right I had here. never considered my that, back, but it's hurts. true. No, they it do, is. They're like, oh, you're a doctor. Oh, yeah, I was at the doctor recently because I have when I, my elbow when <laughs> I do cracks. this. It does. Can you tell it me? It squawks. They get this 300 <laughs> times. Like attorneys will get a little bit of that about legal cases. Yeah, but. But theirs is more like conversational. Yes, like, yes. oh, my cousin had a weird one. They just so want to talk about it. have a mole back here. Right. They want the doctor to examine them. <laughs> and doctors have to go, well, why don't you stop by my office on Tuesday? They have to tell them this, you know. So um, weird. That's become Brad with, with uh, earwax. So cool, too. People are like, oh, my gosh, I cleaned out my ears the other day. And Brad's just like, oh, geez. Yeah, there's a <laughs> gerbil in there, a soccer ball. If you ever meet Brad Staggs, please talk about earwax. Yes. He loves it. By that, I mean he hates it. Use WaxRx is the website. Use WaxRx. To get the WaxRx system, you can deliver it to your house within 24 hours. Just use the promo code RADIO. They ship it absolutely free. It's an awesome system designed by doctors that are going to save you time and money and clean that earwax out of your ear safely and effectively and efficiently. Three-step process. The first step. 
You got the eardrops that soften up the earwax. Then you got the specially designed pump as the second step. And then the third step is that pH balance rinse, which leaves your ears feeling soft and supple. Soft and supple. Just go to usewaxrx.com, promo code radio. Zena and I can't pronounce your life. <laughs> Amarani. Amarani. I started, I, I got the pronunciation of the first name and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Good Edit job. that all out. I'm embarrassed. I don't want anyone to ever hear that. <laughs> Zena Amarati joining us now, the executive director of March for Our Rights, Inc. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. What's March for Our Rights, Inc.? March for Our Rights Incorporated is the name of our 501c4 nonprofit organization. We are an organization that wants to defend the Second Amendment through peaceful assembly and social media education. We recently also developed a 501c3, which is March for Our Rights Co. And um, we basically work with the same mission, but um, March for Our Rights Inc. is more politically based than March sure. for Our Rights Co. is more educational. And that kind of has to be for your 501c3 status, right? That's how yes. you split the two of them. That's pretty standard um this was uh you're you're relatively new yes and this is kind of on the heels of what happened at parkland in parkland florida and their whole little march for our life nonsense right yes this is basically the pro second amendment student voice and movement in response to that are you students um i'm a student yes and most of the people involved in our movement are either college or high school students okay is i mean there's a lot of high school and college students that are either let me back up. That hog kid and the others would have us believe <laughs> that almost everybody under the age of 25 is absolutely rabidly anti-gun. And we've seen the statistics and most people are actually pro-gun. In fact, people under 25 are more pro-gun now than people in the 10, 15 years older than they are when they were their age. It's not even close. So you don't have a problem finding people that are supportive of this, that are in your age demographic, right? Oh, no. Most of the people who follow us on social media and want to get involved are students. And it's really impressive. Some are as young as 13 or 14 years old, and they're really passionate and enthusiastic about the cause, even though they're legally too young to buy firearms because they want to secure that right for their future. And uh, most of our executive board is college-age students, and most of the people who actually run stuff are college-age, which just shows that, like, I guess Gen Z actually does really care right. about its Second Amendment rights. Yeah, absolutely. So how, uh, first, how did you become so supportive of the Second Amendment? Well, my story was kind of interesting. Um, I was just always really into politics. Um, as like a high school kid, I was really libertarian. And um, what ended up happening is that after the whole March for Our Lives and stuff, um, I ended up going to a shooting range with like a few friends for like another political club I was in. And I posted a picture from that range and I got a lot of backlash. A lot of people that I called my friends, people I knew from middle school and high school, unfollowed Murderer, me. baby killer, right? All <laughs> yeah, this, right? Exactly. Like people that I literally ate lunch with every day in high school, I hadn't seen for like a few months, like since I'd gone to college, whatever. They like all started unfollowing me and they started talking um, like stuff behind my back. And it was just, like I was just like wow like this if people are going to react like this to just a picture why don't they just start well why don't they just participate in a movement and yeah. I joined a movement it was actually like spurred by a couple of high school kids which is really impressive on Facebook a couple like 14 15 year olds were like why don't we have a march for our rights and then I was like yeah let's do that so I joined and helped them make it an official organization and actually went through the marketing and social media process interesting so were you shocked that, 
and this would be one of the things that would shock me, and I've experienced a little of this anyway, that people you know knew so well, you sat with for years, they were your friends, they were in your circle of influence, they knew your character, they knew your ups and downs, good times, bad times, they knew you, they know what you're all about, they know you're not a bad person, mm-hmm. that suddenly thought you were somehow a bad person. Oh, yeah. I was so shocked. People were calling me things like violent. And I'm like, I'm probably like the least violent person ever. I'm literally like vegetarian. Like if we're going to start that argument. <laughs> so I just thought it was so ridiculous how people were making that argument. I was like, no, I just really believe in our constitutional rights because that's what makes our country amazing. And we can't have those rights taken away from us. Interesting. So you got there not because you grew up as an avid shooter or something. You just oh, knew no. that was a constitutionally protected right being a libertarian you understand Mm -hmm. personal freedoms you know above above all else and that's how you ended up there so um what's on tap now it's march for our rights uh, inc Uh, by the way where can people find it um m4or.org is our website and we're big on instagram our instagram handle is march the number four our rights and we also have a twitter and facebook facebook is also march number four our rights and our twitter is m4or official okay and obviously instagram popular younger so that makes a lot of sense that that would be um uh, bigger than your other social media sites so what's on tap what are you working on Uh, is there an official march um when will that be Yes, so our official march is going to be on July 7th, 2018. We have 25 confirmed locations nationwide, including Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, Chicago, New York City, Houston, and a lot more that I'm just not going to list off the top of my head. Okay. Um, That's a Saturday, July 7th. Yes, it's going to be on a Saturday morning to afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in and which march you're in. And we have all of the marches listed on our Facebook page, and we're going to be posting all the locations on our Instagram very soon as well. Now, do you have to be a millennial or um, or Gen Z to uh, march or march or take place? Oh no! Anyone's welcome to join. Whether you're a parent or just like an adult who really supports the Second Amendment, like everyone is welcome to so join. I can, so I can take my cane out with me and then go out there and march. I can, <laughs> that's all right. Okay, you're yes. laughing at that way too much. You enjoyed that far too much. Um, so yeah, that's fine though, right? Yes, it's just of a, course. It's just a movement that's being led and started by younger generations, which is good. That's yeah, we're student-led, but everyone is welcome to join. It doesn't matter how old you are, um, as long as you support our Second Amendment. Like, please join us. So it's funny because um, we've seen like the women's march Mm -hmm. which was a march and then now it's an organization and the march for our life or whatever it is march and it's also an organization because they're active like crazy on Mm -hmm. social media now um so they've gone beyond just the march part of it do you will you be around a lot longer you've got other plans coming up oh yeah so we actually are already doing a lot of organizational stuff we're working on a lot of letters and petitions where we write letters to our local or um state congressmen Mm -hmm. or governors and talk about how we're against certain um gun control restrictions that they're attempting to pass. Like right now in the California Assembly, there's an attempt to pass a bill that would change the age to buy a long gun, like a shotgun or a rifle, from 18 to 21. And we drafted a letter, we sent it to the governor, and our letter got 450 signatures, which is a really impressive number. So um, we've been doing stuff like that. We've also been doing some things in Texas um, in response to the Santa Fe shooting. March for Our Lives Mm -hmm. called for um, Governor Abbott to pass some gun control 
laws. And we wrote a letter in response to that saying that we think that stronger school security would be a much better alternative. And that letter also got like around 200 signatures. So we've been doing a lot of things like that where we've just been writing letters to our local um, government officials. And after the march, we're going to continue doing that from our C4. Like that's mm-hmm. going to be more politically based. And then our C3 is going to work on developing student chapters nationwide where we're going to have a student group called Students for Our Rights. And um, it's just going to be a student group at different universities and high schools where people just get together and talk about Second Amendment rights. Maybe they can go to some gun safety classes at shooting ranges. And we're kind of in the works of developing that right now. But I'm bothered by that California thing just for the age part of it. Forget guns for a moment. I don't care what it is. You're 18. You're an adult, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm so tired of the disparity between ages anyways. You're 18. You go defend this country. You can, in some areas, smoke cigarettes or uh, use tobacco products at 18. Some areas, you can gamble at 18. Others got to be 21. Others got to be 21 mm-hmm. to drink. That drives me up the wall. Set it and forget it. Whatever it's going to be, it's 18, it's 19, whatever you decide and be done with it. I completely agree. I'm only 19 years old myself and I wanted to buy a firearm this year. Um, Even though I was always passionate about the Second Amendment, I didn't actually get into shooting until recently as um, it developed kind of with my passion for the movement and I wanted to buy a firearm and I'm planning to, but like if this passes, people like me who are only 19, 20 college age students just won't be able to and I think that's not fair because they're like people who are um, 19 who are mothers they're single mothers living on their own they're college students who don't live with their families they're all these people who live individually and need to be able to defend themselves in one way or the other and the argument that oh like people say like why do you need it like you're too young like you don't need it but there are 19 year olds or 18 year olds who live on their own and they should have the right to own a firearm for self-defense absolutely yeah when it i i don't even head down the wine anymore <laughs> for most as a libertarian i'm like uh because i want it it doesn't exactly. matter. Well, why do you need four thousand guns and uh, because i want it because because i can None of your business. Am I being detained? Am I being detained? Am I being detained? <laughs> uh, but you're right, though. Practically speaking, of course, for self-defense. That makes perfect sense. Um, so, okay, so a lot of good things coming up. Keep us posted on how we can help you in the future. We will promote your stuff across all social media we can, okay? Great. Thank you very much. Also, you should try to work with... Um, there's a bunch of, of state-level NRA-type groups. Uh-huh. Uh, some states have multiple organizations that basically do the same thing within those states. Um, I think it's uh, Ohio is the Ohio Buckeye Firearms. Oh, I can't remember. Virginia's, I've told you, that's the one I know best, the VCDL, yeah. Virginia Citizens Defense League. Mm-hmm. Some of these groups are really, really sharp and can help you um, as you're trying to organize the march within those states because they have their email lists. Yeah. And then uh, they can also tell you and help you work... on affecting the legislation in their state. We're actually really fortunate that we're in direct contact with the actual NRA on oh, a national level. Oh, so they level. helped you out with some of that, so, too. Okay. Um, yeah, we are in contact with them. They support what we do, but that's basically the extent of their involvement. They're not going to like 
do our activities for us just because they want to keep this an authentic student-led movement, which is completely legitimate. I'm from California, and I know that my Los Angeles and San Diego chapters have also been Good. in touch with the CRPA, which mm -hmm. I think is one of the groups mm -hmm. you're talking about. Yep. So, yeah, what we're really lacking on right now is donations. Okay. Like, that's what we're trying to fundraise, and we are a 501c3, so that means that donations will be tax-deductible. So. That's nice. <laughs> that's, that's always a bonus. Okay, we're going to go ahead and post it on social media okay. so people can you know five ten dollars anything just uh just dump it into the account there it's gonna help um for all of the people that are frustrated by that stupid hog kid and the others <laughs> that are never challenged on any of the stuff that they spew and that's my greatest and, and probably the audience's greatest frustration uh, is that they're never challenged. They just mm -hmm. throw this stuff out there. Most of it is is absolutely false. The other stuff that isn't outright false, that is more of an opinion-based stuff, they're not even challenged on that stuff. Um, if you're frustrated by it, well, this is the, the group that you need to support, right? March for our rights, support them. They're young. They're going to be able to communicate on the same levels and run in the same circles, so... We wish you the best of luck, okay? Thank you very much. Absolutely. Quick break. Back in a moment uh, with more. First, I've got to tell you about Genesis 950, Genesis950.com. The testimonials continue to roll in from listeners who say, Doc, Doc tried the Genesis 950, and I love it. It is a multi-surface cleaner. You can use it all around the house. You can use it in your car. You can degrease the grill with it. You can use it on carpet. works particularly well on carpeting because it can also work in those little cleaners you get. And if you've ever gone and rented one of those steam cleaners and you're like, oh, I got to get the cleaner, it's like 15, 20 bucks a bottle for that so stuff. So stupid. It's so annoying. And, and you start convincing yourself, well, it says to use this. I don't want to script the machine and be charged the $200 if I break. And then is it going to be, is it going to work on the, use Genesis 950. You'll love it. Genesis950.com. Yeah, you got Lisa saying, this works like magic. My black lab has oily fur and leaves brownish residue all over the walls, doors, and door jams. This product works just like magic. Erases all the dog goo. I like that. Looking forward to doing some carpet uh, and stairs cleaning. It's supposed to be off-white, but right now they're kind of beige. I am glad to help you. I can also help you get rid of the black lab. That's yes. what you want to do first. But if for some <laughs> if reason you you're crazy dog, enough to keep the dog, I don't get it. Get but more Genesis 950. My wife's just as crazy. Uh, Genesis950.com. Don't forget the promo code BLAZE. It's Genesis950.com. Your attention, please. We are the number one show on the planet. The president said so. You're listening to The Morning Blaze, the number one listened to show on the planet. I'm talking billions and billions of people. Believe me. Believe me. See? This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It was all designed to embarrass him. That was the whole point. Yes. It was designed to embarrass him. And when the embarrassment didn't work, you had yes. to find another way to embarrass him. Yes. We're talking about the challenge that was accepted 
by Ted Cruz from Jimmy Kimmel. Which I think was kind of stupid that, that my senator is doing that. I mean, not my senator. A senator is doing that. Right. Um, I give Ted Cruz credit for, for taking yes. him up on oh, it. Oh, yes. And yes. also beating him. So it was a game of one-on-one. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel challenges Ted Cruz to a charity basketball game, mm-hmm. essentially. And the loser would put up $5,000 yes, to a charity. to a charity of their, of their cause. So Jimmy Kimmel was playing for the Texas Children's Hospital, and Cruz was playing for the Generation 1 Texas Charities. Okay, good deal. So um, they um, uh, Ted Cruz accepts the challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, Jimmy Kimmel is not somebody... I get that he's a comedian entertainer. I'll give him that. That's fine. Yeah, of course. But if you're going to entertain and use politics political issues, mock people on the other side, you've got to be willing to try to understand them, especially if you're pretending you're, you know, unbiased and caring and whatever. Mm -hmm. But he challenges Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz accepts. Ted Cruz played basketball in high school and I guess was pretty good Mm -hmm. and beat. And one of the reasons he challenged him because he was calling Ted fat. Yes, a blobfish. Yeah. Um, Which is a book. That's a kid's book. Okay. Right. Oh, I don't know. I think so, that's the kids' book. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ted Cruz is fat. Yes, he is of really course. beefed and up. And we even said that during the as he was running. That was one of the things you kept saying about Ted Cruz when he was Gotta running. Gotta lose weight. He did lose weight, and he still had to lose another t- twenty pounds. That's just how it is. I don't make the rules. Yeah. Um, but he has since gained that weight back. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Kimmel's right. Fine. I mean, uh, I would think that uh, somebody like Jimmy Kimmel, who's so caring and sensitive because he's on the left, wouldn't mention somebody's weight. Mm-hmm. because he's a hypocrite, but I guess he's comfortable with being a hypocrite. Nevertheless, he challenges him. Ted Cruz accepts. Ted Cruz beats him over the weekend. Now, uh, Jimmy Kimmel couldn't let it go. This was designed to embarrass Ted Cruz. Yes. This was not designed to say, hey, we have a difference of opinion. Mm. I'm going to entertain and mock you on my show because that's what I do. I'm an entertainer. And as part of this difference of opinion, I'm willing to try to understand you and give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. No, this isn't even about entertaining. It's about the agenda. It's about I want to make a point and I'm going to do anything I can to embarrass you, to make you look bad, to make that point. So when Ted Cruz accepted, he couldn't embarrass him that way. When Ted Cruz beat him, he couldn't couldn't, um, embarrass him that way. So instead, in the middle of the game as part of trash talk, which trash talk, you know, could be anything I get. Your mama jokes. An out of breath Jimmy Kimmel says to Ted Cruz, uh, did you practice this week? Uh, maybe you should have spent that time practicing uh, and trying to get those kids out of that detention center. Is that really trash talk? No, it's designed to embarrass him. And of course, a sympathetic college audience. Ooh, you're separating families. He mocked him. So... Tries to embarrass him that way. And then when it's all over, Jimmy Kimmel can't say, as that progressive who wants good things for people. And wants to unite. And wants to unite and diversity and love. Hey, let's sit down. Let me try to understand you, Ted. I disagree with these things over here. But let me, let's, let me, let me at least start by assuming you want good things for people. No. He couldn't let it go. He still had to try to embarrass and say, I still think you're a terrible senator. You're a good sport. I still think you're a terrible senator. A terrible senator. What makes a good or a terrible senator? And who are you? 
In today's world, unfortunately, senators represent the people. They're supposed to represent the state, but they don't because of the 17th Amendment. But regardless, representing the people, if those people elected you, aren't isn't it their decision whether or not you're a good or bad senator? Yeah. It's them. Is he representing the people of his state? I would say, yeah, the things he votes on, most people in his state probably support. Mm-hmm. So who are you to say? You don't live in... In Texas? So loser. That's all it is. Right. I could even say if you're not showing up to work or something, you're a terrible senator. Something that's universally you're not doing your job. No. Jimmy Kimmel's a punk. He's a progressive. He's a control freak. He's not interested in good stuff. He's interested in Jimmy Kimmel's ego and Jimmy Kimmel's progressive agenda. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. show on the radio hosted by a white guy this is the morning blaze with doc thompson if you missed my tweet over the weekend i uh quote tweeted somebody it's very important i share this with you yes you should this may be the most significant tweet no no hold it wait okay okay this most might be the most significant social media post. Wow, social ever. media? So you including Across Facebook, all. Instagram, go yes, Snapchat, go, go. Um, back MySpace. in the day, back in the day, gone, um, go. Wow. Back to bulletin boards, the most significant. Even those? It may be the most significant communique in the history of the world. Wow. Even the communique that came from Titanic telling them they're about to sink? Oh, Clearly shoots that out of the water. Well, I want to know what this is because I'm curious. First, though, I got to tell you about Brickhouse Nutrition's uh, Field of Greens. Love the Field of Greens. I was telling my wife over uh, uh, over the weekend about Milo, about Milo's uh, Hulk juice. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's brilliant. I was like, right? Awesome. (laughs) Very clever stuff. Go to uh, Field of, uh, look for Field of Greens at Brickhouse Nutrition's uh, website. It's BrickhouseDoc.com. That's the easy link so they know where the uh, customers are coming from. But it's BrickhouseDoc.com. Field of Greens is a great product that essentially gives you a full serving of fruits and vegetables in every scoop. It's powdered vegetables. You mix it with liquid, you stir it up, drink it down, you're good to go. You mix it with anything, technically. Some of it may taste a little better than others, but we know it tastes great with water. People drink it with orange juice. That's pretty significant, but you'll love it because it's a way for you to get the vegetables in your diet without actually eating the vegetables. Now, maybe you can't eat the vegetables for a variety of reasons. You don't like them, let's say. Maybe you're uh, not eating them because you can't find them. You can't find them because uh, you're at a restaurant or something and they have a bunch of stuff on and you have a restricted diet. Or maybe it's, you're just too busy to go ahead and eat the vegetables. That's my fault. Like, I'm always too busy. I don't have time to cook vegetables. And vegetables, I hate vegetables take a little extra work. And I, I cut hate them vegetables. Up. It's not like on the, uh, the Food Network or one of these. No, it is not. Where they're like, oh, just throw these vegetables in the pan. Yeah, they've already been cut they up were, and cleaned. Yes. Come on. And pre-cooked. 
Yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> so try uh, Field of Greens today. BrickhouseDoc.com. BrickhouseDoc.com. Promo code DOC. BrickhouseDoc.com. I'm sure. Um, let me see here. <clears throat> yeah, the announcement of Christ's birth. That gonna top this as far okay, as communicates. Whoa, <clears throat> whoa! That angel, you know, came down from heaven and. Yeah, that was um, that was a one-on-one communique, but still, nevertheless, a communique. Okay, that okay. would trump this. Okay. <sighs> That's it. Uh, Christ is risen. Oh, that's Any another one. About yes, that. That's another. I'm running out. I am running out. You baby being born? That's for me personally, but uh, as far as the world's concerned, the Declaration of Independence. Whoa, that's kind. Of, that's a communique, right? Yeah, it is. We declare this for the world to see. What about the <sighs> British are coming? No, no, nope, no, no, nope. It was definitely top 10 communique in the history of the world. Wow. A communique from Sergeant Stephen Wheelers. He is a Indiana State Police public information officer in the Versailles District. Okay. Southeast Indiana. Okay. He now has about 4,800 followers on Twitter. He started with two. Around two. He tweets out, I stopped this, and he had a picture, by the way. Mm -hmm. I stopped this vehicle today for a left lane violation on I-65. The driver had approximately 20 cars slowed behind her because she would not move to the right lane. Again, dot, dot, dot. If there are vehicles behind you, you must move to the right lane to allow them to pass. You'll forgive me. I'm a little choked up here. Sorry. There you go. Such a powerful, powerful communique. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My tears are as real as Alyssa Milano's. <laughs> <I'm> okay. <clears throat> Sorry, so get it? it together. Get it back together. Yeah, you got it. I just something like this, you know, you expect to see something like this and it never comes. Day after day, you're stuck in traffic behind the people who won't simply get over the left out of the left lane into the right lane. And you think you're alone in the world, Chris. You think you're alone. You think you're going crazy because the crazies are all in on it. And they think they make you think you're alone. And then one day out of nowhere. Not just anybody, but a police officer steps up and says, get the hell out of that lane. Free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty, free at last. For the love of all that is holy, please make sure the world sees this officer's tweet, which was my response or part of my response. The world needs to be reminded of this. And you know how I know? Because I read the responses to this officer's tweet. And you sure the internet can be pretty bad. I was heartened by the first dozen or so I read. Okay. Where people okay. are like me. You know, just, oh, thank God. Somebody finally said it. Somebody had the balls to say it. 
Other people were like, right on, go, get the hell over. And then a couple of people doing this. Well, if I'm going in that lane and I'm going fast enough, why do I have to? You just set your around me. I get to say if I want blabbity, blabbity. No, that's the point of his tweet. Granted, this is Indiana law, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's similar in most states. It is. Some with of, a yes. few exceptions. Yes. Most states are some version of this. If you're in the left lane, you got to get in the right lane. It's not for driving. No, it's a passing you must, lane. Right. Some states, if you drive more, Indiana might be one of them. Some states have passed laws where you cannot drive in the left lane for more than a mile or so. The Carolinas. You must get over to the right. Yep. Most states at least have some version of this, though. If you are in the left lane and a car is overtaking you, you must get over and let them pass. Done. End of story. Yep. No, if I'm going... eh, Irrelevant. But if they're going... If they're exceeding the speed... eh, Irrelevant. None of that matters. If I am exceeding the speed limit by seven times the posted speed limit... It does not matter. Get out of the lane. I'm breaking the law, yes. And the police will deal with that accordingly. It does not matter. You are not law enforcement. It's not your job to say, well, I'm going fast enough and you need to slow the hell down because you're being dangerous. Eh, Not your job. You're violating the law and get over. And this is what I get from people. Sane people that I know. Clear thinking. People who are based in logic libertarians, conservatives, people are supposed to get this, will not get the hell out of the left lane. I'm not expecting you to speed up. You know, let's say you can't get over immediately because there's cars in the right lane. I'm not expecting you to speed up to accommodate the people behind you. Not expecting that at all. Not expecting you to get over in a dangerous way because the law in the state's... State when you are clear to do so. You know, you don't have to just run somebody off the road in the right lane. And I'm not expecting you to be dangerous, anything like that. But get over. And be quick about it when, the, when it's open, okay? None of the, well, you were tailgate, eh, irrelevant. It does not matter. Just get over. When I saw oh the tweet and I saw your response, I'm like, I bet you this is the tweet that Doc Thompson has been waiting for his entire life. Single greatest tweet ever in you the know, history of tweeting. You know what I did for you? And it's, it's being worked on right now. I took this tweet and I framed it. And I'm going to give it to you. Good. The officers. Yes. Okay. The good. officers tweets. Not your tweet. The officers tweet. Because you're right. When I saw it, I was like, this is going to go this is down the one. in history as the best tweet By the in way, the whole wide world. Uh, he, uh, he had some response on this tweet. Oh, yeah. He responded to a couple of people. He responded well, no, to uh, no, I mean, uh, the, like the number of retweets and stuff. Oh, yeah. He has uh, 3,300 replies, 15,000 retweets, and 48,000 likes. From a guy who started off with only a couple of thousand yeah. followers. Yeah. Yeah. People got it. People get it. So let's see uh, some of the responses I got. First of all, he responded to me almost right off. Yes, he did. Yes. And I love his tweet. He put anything to make the world a better place for us all. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
Let's see here. Uh, JR15, chalk one up in the win column for the Hoosier State. Yes, thank you. Oh, and I even put, this is, and it's true, this is how you're supposed to use social media. Yes. This is what its intended use is. For good, not evil. With all tools, we can use them for good or evil. Look at these people who murder people in these high schools, like down in Parkland, right? Yeah. They're using a tool, a gun, for wrong, for evil, for bad, when we know guns can be used for good. Mm -hmm. They can be used for protection, self-defense, for hunting, military purposes, to protect a country and a people. And the same thing is true for social media. This officer used this for good. Yeah, and it's really interesting because this officer goes and he tweets out and he says, wow, I'm overwhelmed. You're all amazing. Just trying to do my part to make the roadway safer for traveling public. Bless, but for tonight, Twitter shot down. He was he was overwhelmed. Let's uh, let's put it that way. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jack Tanner tweeting in Atlanta. Those drivers are just considered quote traffic calming. <laughs> I'm not sure if if you're just goofing or if people say that or what you mean by that, Jack. I'm gonna go ahead and retweet it so you can see. But. Um, it may be calming the people, like the cars down where they're going slower, mm-hmm. but it's not calming me. In fact, it's ticking me off. <laughs> uh, Justin tweeting, Patty LaBelle just started singing, are you ready for a miracle in my head over this? Amen. Uh, let's see somebody else. They had to be an Ohio license plate. There had to be an Ohio license plate on her car. <laughs> nope, can't see it. <laughs> no. And that was pretty good because when I saw the picture, I was like, ooh, I don't want him, you know, because you can't tweet out, especially from a police officer, you can't tweet out the license plate like that. But he, he covered up pretty good. You know what? I would be mildly annoyed by that Ohio license plate crack if it weren't true. <laughs> Here's why. So I'm on the air whatever number of years ago in Cleveland, a little morning okay. show. And we have on a, it may have been... I think it was a police officer from West Virginia. Okay. Somebody from West Virginia. It was a cop. And he was, we had him on because he had said something negative about Ohio drivers. Okay. And we interviewed him. He was talking about Ohio drivers coming across the borders and gumming up the works. Okay. And we were like, really? You know, I mean, sure, there's some, but in mass, whatever. I found out the difference. Okay. Southern Ohio. Oh, is that the bad part? Yeah, well, not the bad, but, but that's the, where the drivers yeah. get all shady. Mm. Yeah, the Southern Ohio drivers. Northern, we drive like Detroit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like Cleveland drivers or whatever? Yeah. You get a few, of course. Detroit drivers, God bless you people. <laughs> God bless Detroit. And I think I know why. Why? Because you don't want to be in Detroit. Oh, that is who you You want to get the hell through it. Just go right through it. Right. You know, it's you're, when you're on the highways in Detroit... You're running the gauntlet every day. You're, you know at any moment it's going to be a hail of gunfire. Right? It's like Chicago drivers. You're driving through. You keep your head down and your foot down. And you Boom. go. Go. Go, baby. You get out on the lodge or some of the places. Tra- I, I go fast. I mean, my normal, if I could just be cruising on a yeah, highway. Yeah, what's your cruising speed? Yes. If traffic laws be damned. Yes. My cruising speed is going to be 80 to 85. Really? Mine is 70 to 75. That's going to be my cruising speed. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I'm in a hurry to get somewhere and I'm out on the highway and yeah. I didn't have to worry about, again, all this is if I didn't yes, have to worry if, about cops. Yeah. No would loss. Be, would be over 100. I know it. 
Hmm. And here's why. Because okay. I can do, easily do the math. Because okay. I can start doing, okay, this is how long it's going to take me to get there. I'm shaving off so many minutes, whatever. Mm, yeah. And I can do that, whatever. Okay, 100 miles an hour, out, out, one hour I'm there. <clears throat> so I go fast. I'm in Detroit. I'm in the lodge, some of these, and I'm going, oh my gosh, these people are running me off the road. This is great. Yes. I'm the slow one here. Right. Yes. Awesome. So God bless you. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce. Jomama Wamo 7. Anyways, cannot handle it when people do not know how the interstate works. These people cause the accidents. Uh, this has restored my faith in the justice system, said Ludwig von Jackhol. Ludwig von Jackhol. Do you see how the people... Re- the people, yes, are united. Renewed their faith. Fantastic, says Facts Matter. Al says, I don't get it. What's so great about this? <gasps> whoa, whoa. And then Tyler for Misery tweeting, if you don't see what's so great, you're part of the problem. Yeah, but he's a bougie person. Do you see what he wrote after that? He's, I drive my Corvette in the left lane all the time. No, no, Al, drive... No. Drive your Corvette in the left lane. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just don't drive it slow. No. Use those. Use this entire speed that you, that the vehicle has. Just use it all. That's what I'm saying, Just right? Just go for it. All right. Go ahead and get the tweets in. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. Here's the takeaway here. It's a very simple takeaway. And I say this takeaway for the good of all mankind. I know you're thinking this is selfish. I know you're thinking this is about Doc. It is not. This is me offering a bit of a bit of advice for all mankind. And it's simple. Get the hell out of the left lane if people want to pass you. <laughs> does that work for you? You good to go? Yes, absolutely. That, the, yes, that does work for me. All right, uh, we're going to wrap things up, find out what we learned today. Get your uh, final tweets in. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at Real Chris Cruz. And i to tell you first, though, about uh, the wonderful movie, Paul, Apostle of Christ. It's out uh, this week on digital DVD and Blu-ray. We had interviewed them and told you about it when it hit the studios. It's from the studio, uh, the uh, theaters. We, it's from the studio that brought you uh, Risen and War Room. This passionate film stars Jim Caviezel and James Faulkner. It's the captivating true story of Paul the Apostle. The film recounts the most influential apostles last years in prison and the famous letters he wrote uh, with Luke. Um, It is a beautifully shot film. uh, It's very, very true to the Bible, which is always something that is important to anybody who cares about Bible movies. I mean, Noah, Dunn, over... They just, why do you embellish these things? In the last couple of months, we had great movies. We had this one, Samson. So we need to start. It's so frustrating because people, your, your base is people who want this because they're so religious. And then you're not true to the Bible. Drives me up the wall. Um, From chasing Christians to becoming a faithful apostle, Paul's timeless message of love and hope is just as vital today as when it was written. It's available on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. You'll find it at Amazon.com and Walmart. Get it at Walmart. You can also go PaulMovie.com for more information. PaulMovie.com. Paul was um, by far my father's favorite apostle. Oh, really? Yeah, he... um, he used a lot of Paul's writings and teachings oh, that's uh, awesome. when we were growing up. It's so that's awesome. it was always yeah. I mean the fact that I know is my father's favorite. Uh, and Paul wrote some amazing things too, like uh, work out your own salvation. Yeah, 
that yep. um, there is a a bit of interpretation that matters. What God writes in your heart is is your directives from God. So you have to work out your own salvation. There may be things that are not written in the Bible that may be wrong for you. Mm-hmm. That may not be wrong for me. You know, so those things are important. Paulthemovie.com. Get it today. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. with Doc Thompson. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the morning blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned Illinois and New York are about to lose big to First Liberty. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> really, yes, they need to really not let it go, Doc. They did not let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. We learned from Jimmy Kimmel that whole pot versus kettle thing. <laughs> Jimmy's not really spelt. Did you notice that? Uh, Jimmy don't get it. Right, he does not. Jimmy don't get it. We learned a banana is a very fine fruit. <laughs> no, 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 no. How does it go? Enjoy a banana. It's a very fine fruit. Yes. Shout out to Elmo. Thank you, Elmo. <laughs> he's not Thank actually you. the one who sings that. It's but a he lady, brought but, the, it's, but he, he brought did. the guest. He's um, he's like um, he's like a uh, American Idol. Okay. You know, okay. bringing this stuff to our attention, giving a little shout out. Okay. We learned that uh, Chick Fil A forces me to stand with the LGBT community every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. They're close on Sunday. I know. Yeah, You're fun. forcing me to stand with them. I cannot eat it. I, do you realize I can only stand with you six days a week, Chick Fil A? <laughs> and on the Sabbath, I rest. <laughs> Chris Cruz, what, if anything, did you learn today? Uh, my mom needs to learn how to leave with the bad news first. Yeah, exactly. She would not be a good reporter. No, no, no. And then I see it now, Doc. I made a huge mistake. Oh, no. Milo's becoming more like me. I know. And Cubby's like me. We realized that. Uh, I guess you'd say we've learned that it's uh, it's horrible when it's, you realize your is, kids are is. as big a jerks yes. as you. It's like, I know I'm a jerk, but when I see it coming from my son, I'm like, damn, I get why people do not like me. So... My son Tiger is getting ready to be 16. He, um, growing up, I would always do the double, triple, quadruple yes. negatives, I told yes. you. Or I'd be like, you want to go to the store? No. So, yes, you do not want to go to the store. So, no, you do not want to go to the store. And I just keep adding these, like, negatives. Neg- and he would, yes. No. No. Maybe. No. I don't know. I, uh, <sighs> And he'd start giving me the business one day. He gets to be like 12, 13 or whatever. And I say nice. something and I was like, oh, that's my game. You can't do that. Uh, Nick in Detroit. Tw- oh, I didn't oh. guess you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What, if anything, did the listeners learn today? Nick in Detroit saying Kimmy, oh, Kimmel, has always been a big tub of goo. He's been a big tub of goo. Yeah. Constitutional drunk tweeting out, soccer rules is kickball repeat. <laughs> Kickball repeat. <laughs> uh, slog- the thing is, I watch soccer like that, and I'm like, okay, go, go, okay, go, go, go. And by the way, okay, go, go, go. It, when you get a goal, that's like the high of it, and that's it. And how can a game be zero zero? 
You and by the way, the field's way too big. Yeah, way too big. It's way over there. It's way yes. over there. It's up in the air. You need like like potholes out there, like yeah. things that could be dangerous. Oh, are we already there? Oh, hey, I didn't get the new numbers on procrastination. I'll get to them tomorrow. What else we have coming up? Building America. What does Glenn have coming up? Uh, he's talking to Jeffy on the bottom of the third hour. What is Glenn wearing today? A onesie. Oof, that's not good. It was a long weekend, by the way. Remember, the Morning Blaze is today a Chris Cruz production. Six separate Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are. Anya, now you go home. The Morning Blaze. Sorry, we didn't mean to offend you. Actually, yeah, we did. This is the Morning Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.